Well, ladies and gentlemen, on the show today, we've got the Boston champion from 84-85. A legend in the sport. The surrounding area of Liverpool has had many talents, but this man comes right at the top of the pile. Mr. Jeff Smith on the mother of all podcasts. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. Great to have you on the show, Jeff. Such a life story that we, we want to go through as much as we can and learn as much as we can. Um, starting with your childhood, we often start with the very beginning. Was it a happy childhood in West Derby in, in, in Liverpool? Yeah, I had a great childhood, you know, uh, playing football, supporting Everton, uh, going into Crocky Park, great memories of the park. Um, it's nice to be in there now, still 60 years later. It is a beautiful park. I've got to know that part recently, the training sessions. Everton, why Everton? I'm interested because is it a family thing? You know, how far does it go? Why, why do, what, what makes a person choose Liverpool or Everton? Is it historical? Is it just a fact, it's continuation? What, well, what about it's a, you? It's a family uh, tradition. Tradition, you know? yeah. yeah. Uh, my dad, my dad's dad, uh, my, my grandfather played in the band. So, you know, it was, I, I had to be an Evertonian. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, Matthew, I think you got you got. Well, I was just gonna go. Um, so obviously, like from school, obviously football was, was sort of the main sort of sport growing up. Obviously, as most people in in, in England and, and the UK sort of thing, it, it is at an early age. But um, you know, you 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 sort of were a late starter in running, only really taking up as you left school and, and joined the fire brigade. Well, you know, like going to to the elementary school, you know, Blackmore Park. We all done every sport. Yeah. You know, I I loved doing uh, the the track in the summer. You know, we go we'd have a sports day. Yeah. You know, I always wanted to win the hundred, but I wasn't fast yeah. enough for the hundred. I could always win the the four hundred and the eight hundred, and the longer distances. Yeah. Uh, and you know, as we talking about growing up, I mean, I was always running, uh, going on with my father walking around the park I would be running all the time running ahead running back running forward you know run 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 Uh, boundless energy and like everybody in in Liverpool you were out kicking a ball around till uh, till it went dark or the the screen light had to come in so you know sport has always been a big part of my life. I wasn't a great student. I love. I love being uh, outside. Yeah. Yeah. When you see children today, a lot of old, older generations have this point of view that it's saddened to see kids, you know, being sort of shackled by the and you're not not able to get out there. I remember when I was a kid, sports day hardly existed in my school. Can you draw comparisons between? your childhood and perhaps the childhood that you, you might have had to suffer now, maybe, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just remember that sports day was a big day at school, yeah. you know. Mm. And, you know, my parents never came. They were working. But, I mean, it's still, for the kids, it was it was a big day. Yeah. I mean, uh, I live in the States now, you know, and sports day or whatever the, the kids are doing track they're doing soccer they're doing whatever 
the parents are all there. There's a huge, huge following of parents. Yeah. And I think more so today, I mean, I played on on uh, junior teams. My dad never went to the game. He was working. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, t- today you go, go past the fields and there's a lot of parents watching games. So, you know, it has, it has changed. Uh, but the fun, learning, you know, doing the high jump, doing the long jump, and all of that stuff was, was, was brilliant. And you can't compare with, with what they do today. Yeah. No comparison. Interesting, yeah. So you joined the fire service, um, you're about 16, is that right? Yep. And you had about 10 years in the, in the service? I've done 10 years in, oh, in oh. Fire, Liverpool Fire Brigade. And within that 10 years, you were, you continued with, with football, that was the main main focus? Yeah. Un- until, what, what drew you in, into the sport exactly? Well, you know, at 16, I joined the Fire Brigade. Uh, we used to go out on Wednesdays was the big, big uh, keep fit day. Uh, and, you know, we'd do uh, life-saving at the, at the uh, university pool yeah. in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we'd go out to... Uh, to form be on, on, on the fire brigade bus, they'd drop us off and we'd have to run six miles on the uh, railroad line uh, and come back. And I loved all of that, that was that was good. But you know, every day when we were, at, the job was all about activity. So we were doing ladder drills, we were doing hose drills, uh, we were doing four walls if you're doing something wrong or somebody mm-hmm. done something wrong, four walls, and everybody would race to touch all four walls on the yard. Because if you didn't, you have to do it again. Yeah. The last one would have to do it again. So you know, it was, it was, it was always activity, uh, and you know, I that was Monday to through Friday and and half days on Saturday some some weeks, uh, but I played played Saturday and Sunday football. Who did you play for? Jim? I played, I played for. Uh, West Derby uh, Covenanters in West Derby Village uh, at, at like 16, 17. And then at uh, 18, I was playing in the Central Amateur League. I can't remember the team now. And then Sundays, I played on a couple of uh, Sunday League teams. And I, I was playing uh, for the number 12 club uh, for a couple of seasons. And... At, at 18, I was on the fire, I, I graduated from the training school and went on, on the fire station. Uh, and the fire brigade was all about keeping fit. Uh, I joined the, oh, I tried out for the Wednesday Business House League and made that team, played, played on the Wednesday Business House team. Uh, and one of the, a uh, couple of firemen knew that I ran guy called Ken Delaney uh, he contacted me they needed a they had a, a running team and they wanted me to join the team so I just joined that team but I never trained I mean I just went and ran yeah. uh, and you know I'd, I'd finish six miles I'd, I'd finish in the top half a dozen 
fifth, fourth, third. I never really won any of them, but I was always there. Yeah. And it was fun. You know, it was great. You'd go out, meet up with the guys, go to Bolton, go down to London, go over to Glasgow, go up to uh, Gateshead, uh, Midlands. Yeah. You know, there was races yeah, yeah. on a monthly basis around the country where we raced. Uh, and by 76... You know, I was still doing my soccer, doing these races. In 1976, I think it was, they were going to take a team to Paris to run the cross country. Yeah. And I said, oh, you have to be in the top six to go to Paris. I thought, well, I better get serious here. So yeah. for about six weeks, I started to train. I ran, I ran uh, five miles every day out of the house. Ran around Crocky Park hammered myself you know no no rhyme no reason I just come out the door and pedal to the metal you know yeah. down I went ran uh, the the cross country it was cross country the uh, the race came up championships and I go to Gateshead I think it was in Gateshead or Sunderland and I won yeah you know, I couldn't believe it. I, yeah. won, I won the race. And carried on running for another month. And we all went, we were going to Paris to yeah. run in an international fire service race. Uh, and now I've got about 10 weeks of running. Yeah. And I have to drive to Manchester with a guy called Keith Burrell. And we get to Manchester I get out of my car, park my car on the fire, in the in the yard yeah. on the fire station there, and the, the bus is coming from Glasgow. I put, I get out of my car, my case of beer, yeah. put it in the back of the uh, the truck, and they all looked at me like I I had two heads, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and get on the bus. We 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 finished the ride all the way to to Paris. Went over on the ferry. And I get there, and you know everybody's got all these fancy sweatsuits on, and I'm in my running short, my my, my soccer soccer shorts. Yeah. I did buy a pair of spikes, yeah. and uh, they're all they're all warming up. Holy shit, I can warm up. I walked around and waited yeah. for the gun to go. You know, waited, waited for yeah the gun to go to start the race. So Keith said, just hang back. Because he, he told me what to do, he said, "Just hang back, don't don't go, don't get carried away here." So the race goes off. I hang back, and you know, slowly, 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 went through the field. With about half a mile to go, I'm in fourth place, third place, second place, and you know, with about. 300 to go I, I can see the guy in front yeah. of me I put my uh, head down started to sprint and win the race yeah. uh, and you know the nice thing is everybody's patting you on the head lay on way yeah. you know, <laughs> great job you know and I I sort of I liked it yeah. I liked all the, the attention yeah. Jesus I'm good at this yeah. uh, so that was the defining moment. I, I suddenly, I was going to be a runner. 
yeah. yeah. that made made the decision. You know, yeah. they were going to be a runner, and so be as good as they can get. And so from there, then did you? Then, is that when you then joined Southport? Well, at the time, or was, yeah, it was, was around about that time. Yeah. I, I joined. I started to to run. Uh, How old were you, sorry, at that moment? There, I'd be about twenty two. Twenty two, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But I'd I'd been running, yeah, a few years yeah. prior to that, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty two, twenty three, maybe I don't know. Mm. You'd have to do the math. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had written down in my notes twenty one, but uh, maybe, yeah. maybe my maths were out on uh, that. <laughs> Uh, and what had happened is Ken Delaney, great great guy, lived in Formby, and he he kept him, he he was he was more probably instrumental in getting me out there. Yeah, you know the big guy. He made the uh, the push to get me out. So he'd invite me over to his house and we'd run on the sand dunes from his house, and then he'd say, "Well, come down and run with with my club, which was Southport and Waterloo." Yeah. I said okay, and I went down and ran, ran, ran with those guys. But it was like I was running by myself. Yeah, you know I was so much better. I mean they had a great guy there called Steve James, super runner, really good. Yeah, but it was just Steve. Yeah, and you know he was starting to get a little bit older at that point. Uh, and that happened. You know that happened for a few few months and my other friend from the ha- uh, from the five year Keith Burrell who was a Liverpool Harrier and he he would be beating me at some of the races yeah. he was he was really good he said Jeff you need to come down and start running with us on Tuesday nights with the uh, Liverpool Harriers and you know that's when the learning experience really started yeah you know going down on, on Tuesday nights uh, to Pete Waddington's house yeah. on Gattaca, Gattaca Park, uh, and the, you know all of the all of the top, top areas at the time: Frank Davis, uh, Mike Doolin, uh, Roger Harrison. Uh, there was a set of uh, guys called the Davis Boys. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember their first names, yeah. but I mean. John Woods, yeah. Dave Murphy were the youngsters. Yeah. And you know, there'd be 10, 15 guys going out and doing a real session, yeah. you know, doing different, doing a fart, I'd call it a fart yeah, session, yeah. you know. They'd go out and do Now, on that, on that particular note, I've got a question here from Richie Burney. Your favourite session and your least favourite, if you have one, if you did have a, you know, any thoughts on that? I've heard something about 800s as a... Oh, you know, I mean, the Tuesday nights was a learning experience. Yeah. It introduced me that I needed to do. It wasn't just about going out and running yeah. five miles as hard as I could. You know, I was going out for an hour and uh, 10 minutes, yeah. doing 11, 12 miles. I mean, that was way further than I'd, you know, I was yeah. doing five miles, six miles in the story, you know, each day. And... I was hanging in with these guys and I, I knew how good I was going out, but now I'm hanging in and I swear to God, they were trying to lose me yeah. in, 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 uh, in Walton because I'm from Daisy. Yeah. I had no idea where I was, you know, on the <laughs> side streets. So there was, you know, it was, it was, it was a fun, 
learning experience for me mm. and it lasted for eight years mm. you know it was that was vital to my growth eight so, years eight years yeah yeah I, you know it, I, it was a major learning experience for me seeing what what these guys did yeah and was that all under um frank Rind- frank, frank? frank frank davis and right. uh uh, that was just a Tuesday night learning yeah. experience. Uh, least, it, but go back to the uh, favorite session. Uh, that was my favorite session. Sort of came in towards the end of my career, right before I went to the Olympics in in eighty. Uh, I had. Had a, it's sort of hard to explain this now because I started off with Frank and then I got the club Harry going to the club on yeah. Tuesdays I was with uh, John Butler, John Butler yeah. and Sean his son right. uh, John was instrumental in planning yeah you know, having having a, a training guide, uh, how 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 are we going to train? What are we going to do? You know, the first thing John asked me he said, "Oh, what do you want to do?" I said, "I want to I want to be the fastest ten thousand mile guy. Yeah. I want to I, I want to go faster ten thousand meters. I want to make the Olympics at ten thousand meters." And this was nineteen seventy six. Yeah. You had these ambitions very early on. As soon as the, I started running, yeah, you had these ambitions to be the the very best. So. 1976, uh, we said, you know, we've got to, 1980 is the goal. Yeah. Uh, I'd ran one 10,000 meters on the track at that point, And I'd ran, my first race was 29.20, the 10,000 on the track and I'd won. Uh, so that was our, our base. I needed to be running two minutes faster by 1980 so we were going to take 30 seconds a year off my time yeah and that was that was the plan yeah so you know yeah. by by uh 12 months late the following 12 months i ran 28 uh 30 i think no no 28 50 or something like that yeah. I, I know i got the i, I ended yeah. up doing it anyway uh, not quite for the 1980 I ended up running 20 seconds slower than I did in 79 right. uh, but I ran because yeah. uh, in 79 you ran 28.03 didn't you and that, yeah. was, that was the, the fastest time of the, uh, yeah. in the world yeah. at the time and I I came back in 1980, well, 1980, I'd run that that yeah. time in 79 at, at Stratford. Right. And yeah. beat Nick Lees in the, uh, no, I think it was the Northern. Right. And it's still a, a record, I believe, with yeah. Stratford. It's the Stratford uh, record. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I got chin splints. Right. That was in probably May. By June, I could hardly walk. Uh, she has been so bad. Yeah. I, I got a, my first cap for Great Britain 
was uh, right after that I got selected to run in Malmo right in the European Cup or something like something yeah. and I was running 10,000 meters in order to run I had to I had to go out and really get myself warmed up and run hard and I went went to Malmo and I was so disappointed that you know I I bombed yeah. you know just I ran like 29 minutes so disappointed uh, I came back nothing was nothing was going right uh, and you know the Olympics was the next year I phoned up the British uh, I don't know, the 3A's or the British board yeah. and said you know I'm, I'm hurting they, they got me in to see a doctor in Manchester for an exploratory operate uh, you know have a look at my yeah. leg I went to Manchester they took an x-ray and they said there's a, a shadow on your calf can you come in we're set, scheduled for uh, surgery next week right uh, and so the next week I was I was going in and it's funny because I took a, the person that was in the uh, in my bed yeah. that left the day I got there was Bill Hartley right. he just had his Achilles done right getting ready trying to get him ready for the, uh, for the yeah. Olympics the next year I went in they done compartment syndrome on my leg right I had a cast from my ankle to my hip on my right leg and so from middle of August for six weeks yeah. I done nothing yeah. I was fast though on my crutches <laughs> I could do six minutes to the pub <laughs> uh, and we ended up I ended up uh, doing nothing you know come come uh, I got the cast off and I thought that was it I'd be ready to run yeah. oh man there was nothing left on yeah, the leg yeah, yeah, there was yeah. nothing there I mean it was it took me another couple of months yeah. to get back yeah. uh, that's when I met I changed from John John Butler to yeah. Eddie Soans Bill Hartley was seeing Eddie Soans to get uh, massages, right. you know, to get him back, and he said you need to go and see him. So I went down and I started. He was, he was a cycling, cycling coach. Yeah, yeah. cycling, boxing, yeah. weightlifting, you name it. He he, he advised yeah. everybody. <laughs> I mean, he advised John Conti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, we had a guy from Canada, Gordon Singleton. Right sprinter on the bikes i mean he was he was he was he was a phenomenal guy anyway he i saw him uh started seeing him and he said well you can run now you can run and so well how far you go i've done a mile do do another mile i'm good do another mile do another mile so suddenly i'm i'm, I'm running yeah uh, and he just keeps me to tell me to do more to do more come back and he would massage me and you know after I don't know, by by Christmas I mean listening and talking to the guy you know and, and seeing all these other people 
and he knew so much yeah. and I asked him to coach me and uh, he sort of transformed me you know he gave me a, 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 a sort of a belief yeah but I asked him to coach me and he, he said well do me a favor go home brush your teeth and get a haircut yeah and ask me again <laughs> so yeah I, I brushed my teeth anyway yeah. and I got a haircut I went back I said I'm serious he said okay well, what do you want to do I said I want to be the fastest guy in the world I want to go to the Olympics and this is December yeah. and you know I'm still virtually not running you know yeah. Yeah. how old are you now Jeff in this uh, 1980 I would have been uh, 26 25 right. right 26 have you always had that ambition with everything that you've done you want to be where does that come from Jack? can you uh, is it I, just I mean there's a lot of people that have a lot of doubt wouldn't they but you were adamant that you wanted to you know, you're ambitious, I, I, very ambitious I don't know I mean like it's it, it was just there yeah you know You know, it, I can't come say, you know, my dad didn't have the opportunities I had. My mum didn't have the opportunities I had. I mean, they were, they were here in, they lived through the war. Yeah. I mean, yeah. his childhood was interrupted with World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. When he came back, he had to go to work. Mm. You know, he left school at 14. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he got sent, shipped away to... Uh, to Newquay as a uh, as a child and when he came back I say he, he had to go to work so he never had the opportunities that I had but my dad being a great sportsman yeah he, he had tremendous amount of energy brilliant yeah. uh, I mean my dad would, would graft all day uh, my mum my mum could walk and walk and walk and walk yeah you know what I mean yeah. but women back then didn't didn't have the same opportunities yeah, yeah, yeah. as men. You know, there was yeah. no such thing as sports for women back then, yeah. unless you were uh, in a different category. You know, uh, and you were wealthy, I guess. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so, both my parents were super fit, but they each done their own thing. You know, it was yeah. everyday work. Uh, and you know, I, I just loved, loved to run, as I said. Yeah. You know, and I wanted to. I wanted to. I didn't like being beat. Yeah. So you know, when I when I joined the Harriers, that was my first goal. I had to beat these guys that are trying to lose me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, then I wanted to be the best guy in Liverpool. Then the best, the the best guy in Lancashire. Uh, and then the best guy in the country. Yeah. And then the best guy in the world you know I got close to uh, being the best guy in the world yeah and I think I was ranked number two in the world at 10,000 meters in I don't know what year it was now yeah but I know I was ranked number two in the world at one point yeah. and I mean I mean you're still you know one of the, the best guys ever coming out of, of especially obviously Merseyside and the Northwest I mean 
North of England generally. I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I, yeah. I wrote down. I did a quick quick power of ten just to see where we still were in the in the rankings on there that, that they had, and um, obviously in the northwest for the marathon number one spot still, um, ten k road still number one with twenty eight oh six, um, ten thousand meters still number one, um, twenty seven forty three, uh, your half the third there. Um, well, you make me sound good. And the other interesting thing, there's not many men who have gone under four minutes for the mile and gone under 2.10 for the marathon. That's quite special. Well, it was. It's not so, so much now, I think, because a lot of these uh, Kenyans don't yeah. run the mile now. Yeah. You know, I mean, you think that these guys that are running a 2 Two two oh three two oh four can't break four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know the two ten thing is was good in the in the eighties. Yeah. I mean it was it was it was special. Uh, now we we don't. I don't. I mean I don't really follow it. I mean, yeah. but I, I think we can see see a, see a change in the way people are doing yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. There's some, I mean I want to I want to I want to come back to that. Because uh, I've got I've got some questions and, and, and thoughts on, on but I, I still haven't forgot about the uh, my favorite session. Yeah, so, sorry, yeah. so, so my favorite <laughs> session <laughs> is getting ready for the Olympics in yeah. nineteen in nineteen eighty. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, as I said, I'd had the surgery. Yeah. I'd seen. I'd got hold of Eddie Sones. I'd changed coaches to to Eddie, uh, and you know, I'd missed the entire. Uh, autumn, yeah, you know, that was when we, you do all your the bulk, yeah, 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 all your distance and all your bulk running. Yeah, you know, I'd missed all of that, so I was short on on distance. And then, like you know, January, February, March, you start to introduce your speed. Uh, you know, I, I was sort of scrapping a little yeah. bit. So come come uh, February, March, April. Uh, starting to pick up the speed, uh, getting to the track with Eddie, uh, and so he would have me do uh, Wednesday, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We was our were our track days. So I'd go out in the morning. I'd run five six miles in the morning. Then I'd meet Eddie at the track. A Kirby, on on at one o'clock on, on on the Tuesday, I'd warm up for 10, 12 minutes, take my spike, uh, put my spikes on, do a few strides, uh, and then Eddie said, "You got to learn to run fast." Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no, uh, nothing. You're not going to win a race if you can't run fast. Uh, so. We, I would run a mile, start off with a hard mile, as fast as I could, you know, four, four, yeah. four, five. Then I'd jump for five minutes, and it's a, you're gonna do four, four hundreds with a full recovery, two laps. Yeah. And I'd, I'd run like 54, 55 seconds. Then, we go after four four hundreds. We go to two hundreds. With with 
two two lap recovery yeah. or two and a half lap recovery, whatever it was, uh, fully recovered, and I'd be running like 26, 25. My best two hundred was twenty three. Right. Yeah. Uh, but for recovery, do four of them, then I go jog for for ten minutes, recover, come back, and we'd run a three mile, twelve laps on the track. Yeah. At 68 pace right and we a guy called John Evans from the Harriers yeah. uh, he ran like about 146 147 I think yeah. uh, at 800 yeah good kid he was about 16 at the time he would be down there watching and Eddie would have him jump in yeah and he'd jump in for three three laps but one at a time so yeah. like on the third lap or the, whatever yeah John had jump in and run 60 seconds I had to sit on him and run right. 60 seconds he drop off. I go right. back to 68 and we've done that three times I'd run I don't know 14 10 or whatever yeah, yeah. For, for, for five for the three miles yeah. I'd jog then after the to the 200 mark and do a 225 to finish off yeah. and then go jog for 10 minutes 15 minutes then I go back to Eddie's house he said we go back to my house and, and we'll we'll uh, give you a massage yeah. put you back together uh, I go back to his house and his mima his wife would make uh, tea and I hate sweet tea but with honey in it oh yeah. god I hate <laughs> drinking it <laughs> <laughs> and, and and oatmeal cookies yeah they were good yeah. and, <laughs> and then as I was leaving he'd say and go out and do 8 or 10 tonight Jeff yeah. 8 or 10 mile yeah, yeah yeah. that was after the massage yes my god by the so, way the massage do you feel that benefited you oh I did definitely because interestingly Marty who's a quote from Marty without doubt on the record Marty we had on the show recently the best uh Middle distance run across the board, really, fr from the area. But as we know, we know uh, more than that. But Marty never had massages at all, which is, uh, and he, he was right up there yeah. with yourself. But he, he never, he said, if it's broke, don't fix it. But for you, you feel the massage seemed to do something that worked. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. uh, do it. Do I get them now? No. But I mean, back yeah. then. <laughs> Seeing Ed, Eddie was a masseuse on the uh, the tour, tour de France. Yeah. Yeah. So like you know, you go there, and God, your legs felt good when you came out, yeah. and your body felt good, you know. Uh, and so I do that on on Tuesdays, and then Thursdays we do exactly the same. Uh, and I done that for 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 almost ten weeks. Yeah. Uh, it was about a hundred and. About 130 miles a week I was doing. Right, so that your mileage is quite significant, 130. Yeah, but that was only for that 10 just that, period. Just that yeah. period, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was because I was cramming. Yeah. You know, it's like cramming for an exam. I mean, I, I needed to, I needed the speed work. I needed the endurance work. So, like, you know, it was all or nothing yeah, for, yeah. for the trials at Crystal Palace. Uh, in I don't know, was it April or May? Right. And you know, 
I, I could run fast. Yeah. You know, so, you know, there was no doubt in my mind, I could, I could run fast. And, you know, the trials come up, uh, I let everybody go. I ran my own race, I didn't get involved with it. And, you know, the sad thing about the trials at that point in time was it sucked because everybody's there except two people. Brendan Foster and Mike McLeod were both given a, a free ticket. Right. You know, mm. I love the American system. Yeah. You know, it's all or nothing on the day. Yeah. Everybody yeah. is open. I mean, it was an amateur sport. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, there's 20 guys there. We're all training for, to make the team. Yeah. So we, you know, it's to get best guy on the day. We're all yeah. as good as each other. Yeah. Uh, but we were all running for one spot. Uh, and they all thought that Nick Rose was going to win. You know, yeah. Nick Rose was penciled in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nick had a terrible day. He was sick. Uh, he took it off and was away away. I came through the t- field and and ended up winning by quite a quite a wide wide margin. Yeah. And I ran like. 28.20 which was within the uh, Olympic qualifying right. time but it wasn't in the British Olympic qualifying right. yeah. time which was 27.55 at the time right. uh, so there was a big question mark they weren't going to pick me I won the trials yeah. I had the qualifying time but I didn't get selected yeah. uh, the following week was up in Glasgow or Edinburgh sorry uh, for the 5,000 meter trials right. and it's the same deal you know the, the field's there to run for, for a place on the Olympic team and Mr. Foster and Mike McLeod were both pre-selected mm. so we're running for one spot again yeah. which is you know so sad that these guys couldn't yeah, go yeah, out yeah. And, and, and give it a shot uh and that system still stands the, still to st- this day. To this day, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I ended up finishing in a... I think it was a photo finish with Barry Smith. And Barry won and got selected. And then a week, a week goes by, there's a human cry by the press that, you know, why haven't I been selected? Yeah. And I got the selection. Nice and then, one. unfortunately, uh, the, the 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 thrill and the glory of the Olympics was taken away because of Afghanistan yeah. and the boycott. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't get the same recognition. Uh, you know, it, you know, I had, I had to take time off work. As yeah. opposed to, I had to pay, take you know unpaid leave to get off work. Yeah. So it was, but it was still a, a treasure to go to the yeah. Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. And it was, it, and it was a, I mean, obviously you got what was what's been uh, you know named as the um, the heat of hell um, that you ended up in there with the heat of hell. The heat yeah. of hell. Yeah. With, tell me you know, about it. The, the names that we ended up in that heat and yeah. compared to the other, there was two other heats. Wasn't yeah. Um, so you had like the likes of. Lassie Viren and you did a shifter in there and, yeah. and John Tracy and things like that. Um, and yeah, they were all, all falling down like, yeah. I was, you know, you're running around and, and there's, there's somebody on the track yeah. laying down. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. This is 1980, uh, the Olympics was in Moscow. Moscow. Moscow and the boycotters 
The Americans, the Americans have pulled out, have they? Yeah. And this yeah. is politics in sport, which I imagine you must be dead against. Yeah, yeah this should never yeah. have happened. Never happened. And so you ended up with, I was in the, the heat from hell, but what made it even worse was that our heat was the hottest heat with, in terms of the quality in the yeah. field. I mean, everybody and everybody was in yeah. that heat. Yeah, I mean, Viren's won gold in the last yeah. two. Um, and yesterday, after the shift, yeah. there was the uh, the, the uh, world champion. Yeah. Uh, the the Russian, the top Russian was there. I mean, the, the Vainio was there. I mean, like the entire field yeah. was was elite. Yeah. Does that happen today, by the way, where you could have a heat that's so crammed full of? Well, I think now I think it's, 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 it's just it's straight final. It's usually like the it's usually the I think the women's is the first day of the athletics and the men's is the second day of athletics. So my heat was at like height of the afternoon, like yeah. two o'clock, and when when it finished, out of the sixteen people, there was only seven of us finished. Right. John Tracy was taken off the track with a and um, put on an IV. Right. And spent two de- two nights on a, in the in the, uh, the hospital, yeah. in a hospital with an IV. Yeah. Uh, he came back and made the final into five thousand meters. Right. But uh, the the our heat finished and then the the walk went off and the track finished right. till the evening session. The other two heats were in the evening right. when it would cool down and. They already knew yeah. what they had what to do. To yeah. So you know, I, I think, I think that the uh, the majority of the field came from my heat. Yeah. Uh, and then, I think that out of the top five, of, in the final, three of them were from my, from that first heat. Right. It was, it was, it was, it was the heat from hell. Yeah. <laughs> and sorry, you didn't, you didn't share that. Where did you, how did you get on in this heat? I what? finished seventh. Seventh, you finished seventh. Yeah. I mean, I, I finished. Was there much in it? Uh, there was nothing left in me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I was staggering. You know, John, John Tracy uh, for, collapsed. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I was staggering down the, uh, the home street, you know, breathing myself. Could you play? Could you played it any differently on the day? Looking back, did you? No, uh, re- no regrets. No regrets. I mean, like you know, you it, it is what yeah. it is. I mean, like you, you, you get there, you stand on the line, and it, it is what it is. I mean, like the race goes off. You're either in it or you're not. Yeah. I mean, it's you're, it's an Olympic final. Everybody in the field is a superstar. Yeah. So if you don't go with them, you're not going to win. Yeah. So like, you know, it's stay there. Yeah. And, and have a chance and so you know everybody and everybody suffered I mean six six or seven guys didn't finish yeah uh, John Tracy collapsed I mean, yeah. like it was the Russian didn't finish on all guys that were potential winners yeah so yeah. you know it is what it is and I have no regrets with it yeah the only regret was I wasn't in the, in the third heat where do we move on to now in this story next chapter we're moving further 
I suppose then that, it was following that then was sort of you'd, you'd sort of done what 10 years as, as a uh, in the fire brigade and things like that and then that you, you had an opportunity then um to make that sort of shift out out to the US and um, with a, a scholarship to, to Providence yeah this is where the scholarship offer comes in at this point yeah uh, well in 79 I I'd ran that uh, time at, yeah. at Stratford yeah and I was I got a uh, was my birthday October 24th it was a Thursday night we were all at Kirby Stadium uh, I didn't have the cast on but I still couldn't run Yeah. so I was down at Kirby Stadium watching everybody training having a few drink beers afterwards and Tom Amani come in and, and, and said here you go Jeff toss me a letter and it was from America right. and Dave Murphy had just gone or gone out in, in 76 so I just Open it. Oh, it's from from America. Do you want me to go to school there? So, over a few beers and laughing, I filled it in <laughs> <laughs> and sent it off. And suddenly, you know, within 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 a month, I got a response with a big box of uh, books oh, yeah. about about American schools. And I said, "Oh, now 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 it had become real." <laughs> Yeah. The joke wasn't a joke anymore. I talked to uh, my I talked to my uncle who was a principal or headmaster. Yeah. And he said, Go for it. Yeah. I talked to Eddie Soans and Eddie said, Go for it. He said, You got the rest of your life to go to work. Yeah. You've got yeah. you can only run now. Yeah. So I said, I'm going. So my decision was made. At twenty six, twenty seven, that seems quite late in the day for me, but nowadays would you still get that offer at that? Mm-mm. No, no, it would be, it no, would no, be no. much I, more. I, I looked yeah. into seeing whether I could do a, a postgraduate sort of thing, right, yeah. stuff like that. So, what's changed? Sorry, yeah, uh, what's changed? It's the, it's, it's, the, the rules on the NC, the NCAA changed it, right? Yeah, they while were, I was there, while you were there, they yeah. changed, they made the change, yeah. They uh, just wanted young, young people or really young, yeah. Well, I got the, 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 the rule came in in the August of, of the year. And it said matric. The word matriculate. Matriculate. What yeah. does that mean? Uh, it depends on who who you're interpreting it. Right. Uh, it. It could mean in classes before, or registered for classes before. I've matriculated. I've given my consent to attend classes. Yeah. Uh, so when I I signed up for Providence College. They took the word matriculate to mean registered for classes for. So I was registered for classes in June. The law didn't come become a statute until August. Right. Uh, so. So you were lucky with that one then. Yes and no. Right. Uh, yes, I, I I got to America to run. Yeah. Uh, and for the first two months, I was competing, and not a problem. But suddenly you come to the championship race in the cross country season, the first championship race, the Big East, and one of the coaches from another school sees that Providence has got the uh, upper hand. And they, they looked at the word matriculate and said, it means in classes before. Yeah. So they lodged a complaint that got me 
kicked out. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, so now there was a legal fight, mm. and even so, I I I, I was sidelined while right. while they made a decision. Yeah. And what does being sidelined mean? That you can still race in other events, but what, yeah, what did that no, mean? I, I couldn't race. You couldn't race at all. At all. At all. But you were still till till they 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 decided that the rule an NCA rule doesn't come into effect till it's been on the books for like three years mm. so mm. I could have ran yeah. all the other meets except the NCs right. and I, I could run indoors because the rule didn't wasn't affected indoors right. because indoor uh, championships included division two schools right. and division two schools it didn't it didn't uh, it didn't include them right. how did you feel at this time with this cloud hanging over your head I mean I was I was frustrated I was disappointed mm. but I was still training yeah so yeah you still had the enthusiasm and the ambition to keep keep up the training the yeah. hard work yeah. And, yeah and I suppose the well the, the year later that sort of show didn't it in, in 81 where you you came back then um, over into to the UK yeah. and, uh, and and won the what is the, the famous um, oh John Joe's uh, knowledge of, of running obviously shows where he he, he doesn't hasn't heard of the bit, but the the Emsley Carlisle um and you and you won that in uh, in three fifty five yeah um I, I mean a fantastic time under the under the four mile uh, four minute um barrier um and yeah how 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 was that I know that's sort of a, one of the highlights of your career for yourself uh, as well I mean it it was it was something special yeah. uh, and. It was a frustration run because prior to that, I'd had a great year. I'd come yeah. back. I was in un- phenomenal shape. I mean, the best shape of my entire life. Yeah. You know, if, if, I, if I could say one specific year, that was the year. Yeah. I mean, I could have beaten anybody that year. His first year in America? Uh, 1981, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'd come back. I'd, I was the fastest guy in the world at 10,000 yeah. meters. Uh, well, I, I'd come back, I wanted to run the Golden 5 and the Golden 10. Right. Was that the same year? I, I, they've, all yeah, sort yeah. Of, they've all come in. And I, would, I was the fastest guy in the world at 10,000 meters. I was right up there with one of the top times for 5,000 meters. Yeah. And the, I'd just beaten uh, Vainio, uh, not Vainio, uh, Schilhaber from East Germany, sure. the only guy to beat him that year. And Schilhaber, is this the, this the, the East German? The point when you were uh, there's about 20,000 fans. So that, that, that was a bit further on, wasn't it? In Dresden. Yeah, that was Dresden. Dresden. Uh, so what happened was the. They asked me to go as traveling reserve. I'm the fastest guy in the world and they're asking mm-hmm. me to go as traveling reserve. And I was like, I wasn't even the, one of the first people to be asked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, mean I, I knew that they'd have asked a, f- a few other yeah, yeah, people yeah. to go as well before me. Is that because you were out in the US and outside the, the whole 3A like, politics of the, of the sport? I, I, I think... Thing, I think I think it was uh, I was outside of the uh, the US, but I was also outside of the 
the norm. Right. I yeah. wasn't. I wasn't a career athlete. I yeah. wasn't a kid prodigy. Yeah. You know, I I I came on the scene as a all of a sudden, all yeah, of a yeah, sudden yeah, yeah, yeah. out of nowhere. Through. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, they asked me to go to travel and reserve, and I said no. And I said, I'm, I've got a race in the United States. I'm going, I'm going over to run a, a, a 10,000 meters in, in, in the United States. And he said, no, you're not. You need permission from us. And I said, well, I have permission from you. I pulled out my, uh, my letter yeah. that I got, you know, because you need a letter to go to school in America. Right, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it stated on the letter that I have permission to run in the United States states for the next four years right <laughs> yeah, yeah so i was quite within my rights yeah, yeah to go to back to the united states so i'll go to uh atlanta another story i spent three days on the getting to atlanta air traffic controllers had me sitting in manchester for 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 36 hours right so i, I was like dog meat when i yeah. got to atlanta i ran like crap and i I'm ready to come back and run, go to Oslo, yeah, and run the, the run, Bizzle, run the, the Bizzle Bizzle Games. Games yeah. They were going to pay for my ticket to go back to Oslo. I got uh, an email, not email, uh, a telegram right. yeah. from from Oslo. Uh, I can't go. The British board had banned me, right. so I was suspended. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't run in 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 uh, Oslo, so poor old me had to spend a week on vacation in uh, Long Island. <laughs> so I trained yeah. and had fun in on Long Island for a week. I got back to England, and I wanted to race. Yeah. There was no races. The only race I could get, the only the longest race, and the only race I could get into was yeah. the Emsley Car Mile. Right. And it was the same day as the 10,000 meters that I was going to, uh, the, yeah. that I turned down. Yeah. Yeah. And I was there to prove a point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I led, I led the race. I, I can, I can walk you through it. You know, I ran, I ran, I went straight to the front. I yeah. ran 59 seconds with all the milers sitting on me. Yeah. And I came through in uh, 158 another 59 second yeah. lap with them all sitting on me i go through three three laps in 257 yeah same 59 yeah, seconds yeah. with them all sitting on me uh the bell goes i'm still leading at about 250 to go uh a guy called uh now i've gone blank what's his name guy goes past me I can't yeah. remember his name now he'll come to me later and he passed me and I said oh god damn I, I hung in I yeah. hung in I sat on him I picked up my pace and coming off the coming into the home straight coming off the bend I just come out and kicked in with that extra gear yeah. and ran the 3.55 so you know, I ran a what a fifty-seven yeah, last lap. Oh, and, you know, it was I'll, so, I'll, so I'll sweet. Keep the <laughs> yeah, it was great. 
And that, that, despite winning the Boston Marathon twice, you put that perhaps as your greatest achievement? I think so. I mean, it, 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 it was one of those events that, well, one of those defining moments in your life that, yeah. that puts a big question, what could I have done? You know, I was training for, for 10,000 yeah, meters. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I only ever ran that one race. I never ran another com really competitive mile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it was... And that, 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 that race has a, a lot of history to it, but these days less so. At the time, everyone wanted to be there. Yeah. All, all the very best milers were, were looking at that race, targeting it. He was a came along and well now it's all about money it's not about yeah it's not about prestige anymore it's not about glory i mean everybody wants it's, it's a sport it's a professional sport now yeah it yeah. was an amateur sport when i ran it i mean i ran for and all of the guys from my era we ran predominantly for love and glory yeah you know we loved what we're doing and we wanted the glory yeah and that's the way it should be yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I suppose um so from from there speaking of uh, uh racing against milers um, and, and leading into into your first marathon but just a little bit before that there was a you had an interesting race with um, another sub four minute miler and a sub uh, 210 marathon guy Rob Dixon um, it's a, a midnight race in New York um, and that was that was after that was after New York was it after New that York was after that New was, York yeah right um, well, well, we'll jump to New York then in, in 83 so that was your your, your debut in the in the marathon, yeah, um, and um, I suppose you must have been confident going into that with the way you 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 ran that race, um, but obviously still a, a lot I mean, of like, bit to learn. Well. The, the learning curve had been you know the previous ten years, yeah. twelve years, you know, since I'd started running. Yeah. I mean, like I've been running pretty much a hundred mile a week yeah. consistently. You know, uh, I've been doing twenty mile runs all the time as yeah. part of my 10,000 meter training. Uh, I had, that wasn't going to be my first marathon. Right. My first marathon was going, to, was going to be Boston in 82, right. which would have been the, uh, which was the, uh, the duel yeah, in the, the sun, sun right. between yeah. uh, Salazar, Salazar and Beardsley. Yeah. And I, that was going to be my first marathon. Yeah. Uh, I trained like crazy for that. I, I, I was in unbelievable shape, and you know I, I knew I was ready. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, about two weeks before, I got sick. Right. And you know it 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 sort of took everything out of me. I, I went from being able to run like forty nine minutes for ten miles yeah. to going out. And struggling to break sixty minutes for ten miles, yeah. said, you know, there's no point in running this race. Yeah. I'm not ready, but that would have been my first race in '82, yeah. and I was in incredible shape. You know, I set the, uh, I ran thirteen twenty two at Melrose with five thousand meters. I ran uh, twenty seven uh, twenty seven twenty eight fourteen in Bermuda on a really hilly course. Yeah. Uh, and you know everything was going right till I got sick. Yeah. So, I I saw that was going to be it. Come come uh, eighty three. I said that's it. Now I'm going to do New York. Yeah. Uh, 
I got it. I got a. I got a number to run. Is it? Uh, and you know, thinking about it, I'd never ran. I'd ran one half marathon prior right. to that. Yeah. And I ran that four weeks before, uh, six weeks before. Right. I ran sixty-one thirty. Yeah. In uh, Dayton, Ohio. Right. And got out sprinted. I led the whole race. Right. Uh, and then I think I'd run maybe four 10 mile road races prior to yeah. that. So, like, I hadn't done any major races, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'd done lots of hard 10 milers, 20 yeah. milers, 20, 25 milers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I had a route of Providence that was very hilly. We called it the dump route. Right. But I mean, it was roller coaster. Yeah. And I would go out and I, I would hammer every hill go up those hills like super yeah. you know I'd attack every single hill yeah and then uh, but I'd be running 49 50 minutes for each loop yeah so I mean I was running fast yeah I was in great shape uh, got into New York on on the Saturday morning yeah. no Friday night yeah. I got into New York I stayed at my friend's house in Yonkers uh, Friday night uh, I got up Saturday morning jogged a mile down to the track and I ran six times 200 at like 24 25 seconds yeah. with a full recovery felt great yeah. jogged up Back to the house, feeling super. I we drove into the city. I got there about five o'clock, and they were panicking because I had to go and pick my number up. Right. Uh, I must have been the last person to get his number. They were getting ready to close as I walked <laughs> through. I got my number. Uh, I got my room, hotel room, and I went to bed. Got up in the morning, went out to Staten Island, knew exactly what I was going to do. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to take it out. And I just took, took it as it came, went over the bridge. I didn't get caught up with the leaders going over the bridge. Slowly, I didn't, but I didn't want them to get too far ahead. Yeah. So I monitor, monitor. Uh, and Shahanga was was pushing yeah and you know I caught up to Shahanga and passed him at 13 and a half miles or 13 miles yeah the halfway mark and that's when it got onto First Avenue and the crowd there was unbelievable yeah and suddenly like you know everything was firing the noise my legs yeah was feeling un unbelievable like you know and my, my my first mile on first avenue was and that was the 13th to 14th mile yeah was 428 yeah <laughs> and, and you know i'd done an incredible five miles yeah there uh which i paid for yeah in in the park 
and I started to get a little bit of cramp. I could feel my legs starting to tense up. And, you know, we get into the park and I'd, I'd won yeah. a ton of races. I'd raced in Central Park at least six or seven times. Yeah. And what I remembered about the park when I got there was there's a blue line yeah. in Central Park. And when you were running the other races, you stayed within those yellow, uh, that blue line right. because there was still traffic. Right. And that was all out the window, apparently. In the, in the marathon right so I'm following the blue line yeah. all the way around not cutting any corners yeah and Rod is cutting every tangent cutting every tangent yeah. cutting every tangent and you know it, it was so noisy the noise was you know hard to explain but yeah. you can't hear anything yeah and I'm not looking back because if you look back, yeah, yeah, yeah. they know you're going to be gone. And nobody was shouting. He's closing in on you. He's closing yeah. in on you, you know. I've been in races and that's happened to me. Yeah. You know, I've been closing in on somebody. And they say, ah, oh, he's closing in on you. And they didn't take off. Yeah. But uh, Rod, the pre premium runner who he is, you know, uh, smart as they come. Yeah. Uh, knew exactly what he was doing. He passed me with about 10 yards to my right. Yeah. And I didn't know he was there. And when, when you make it that pass, you've got to make it convincing. Yeah. And he went past and I couldn't respond. You know, I tried, but there was nothing there. Yeah. And, you know, I did lay down at the end. Everybody said I collapsed. I didn't, yeah. I didn't actually fall down and hit the ground. Yeah. I lay, I put myself down on the ground yeah. and lifted my legs up in the air because oh god I wanted to take the, yeah. the pressure off my hamstrings yeah. uh, could I do anything different no yeah. it is what it is he passed you with what was only 160 yards to go or something yeah, right, right 385 yards he passed me at 26 miles right. 26 miles 385 yards and we've not mentioned this time of yours was now officially a British record it was a British record at the time yeah the second place British record holder. 20908. Yeah. And what, and, Which is um, to say he still ranks you, um, what, seventh on the all time British list as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, we can rest in a few of them though, can't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, by the way, uh, Rod Dixon's coach, Lydiard, uh, Matthew get, let, kindly borrowed me a book on, on his coach, Lydiard. Did you ever come across him? He'd have been at that race, maybe, I'm not sure. No. No, no, he wouldn't. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, would have been a big name at the time, oh, Lydia. Yeah, I, mean, like, I know years later people look back and just, you know, but there were so many coaches back yeah. then, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you go to America, everybody's a freaking coach. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned Melrose going back to '82. This is another question here. Five K, thirteen twenty-two, indoor Melrose. What was the coach's name who, who used Melrose? Another book that you sent me. Um, Oh, Jumbo Elliot, you about Jumbo, Jumbo Elliot, yeah, yeah. Would he? Would you, would you have come across Jumbo? <laughs> Jumbo was the guy that, that questioned my uh, eligibility for right. the oh. <laughs> Did he really? Yes. Ah. <laughs> he was the coach for Villanova. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. So you no time for him. <laughs> but uh, thirteen twenty-two. Talk us through that special race. That's okay, another so question. Uh, one of our listeners well 
I'll, I'll, I'll start it off with I broke the world record twice at 5,000 meters indoors. This is in 82, so no, we No, 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 the sorry. year before, in 81. 81, sorry. Yeah. I broke the world yeah. record for 5,000 meters. Yeah. My word, that's... I ran like 13, 24. Right. And finished third. Right. I led the race on the boards. Everybody in God was on the f- in the field. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable fields back then. Uh, Salazar, Doug Padilla, uh, Nick Rose. I mean, like everybody was. Yeah. It was unbelievable fields, and you know it was like ten. No, it'd be about nine o'clock in the evening. Yeah. In in Madison Square Garden, you know, and it's. Oh, this is an unbelievable yeah, yeah, yeah. place like you know yeah. you, you remember seeing the, the, the boxing fights yeah, there you know yeah. and you go in and there's 20,000 people in the stadium it's noisy as all hell and they're all smoking there's a, the yeah, smoke yeah. is right down on the track so you're running through a haze of smoke and it's 160 meters and it's really steep banks on, on, on each each end yeah. uh, it's like a slingshot and you know, you get the ninth uh, in '81. I'd never ran indoors before. Right. It was the first, my first attempt at it, yeah. you know. So, you know, I'm, I just took off and pushed it, and thinking I'm going to win, and like you know, get to the last two hundred or the last lap, one sixty. Boom, boom, boom. I'm finished there. Yeah. I go back the next year, and. Again, I'm in great, great shape. I'm really ready to rock, rock and roll. And thirty-three, thirty-three laps right. around this little track. Yeah. Again, field is loaded, and you know we're, they're all talking about world records again. Yeah. And I take the pace. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. I'm a don't learn. Yeah. <laughs> I just took it off. I pushed, pushed, pushed all the way. Uh, Doug Padilla, uh, Solomon Nyambui, uh, all these guys, they're all sitting on my shoulder behind me and I've got a good lead. Again, 160 to go. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I finished yeah. third again. And, but I mean, it was an experience and yeah. un- unfortunately the meet is now no longer at Madison Square no. Garden it's uh, it's been moved Melrose Games has been moved yeah. to uh, the box or something it's at the box now it's been to an, they call it an, arm- an armory the armory yeah. it's been moved to an armory it seats maybe 2,000 people right uh, yeah. and it's yeah because yeah, the seats were sort of stacked like up, weren't they at the, yeah. uh, 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 Madison Square Garden? Oh. So it was like the crowd was on top of you, oh, more or less, sort of thing. The atmosphere. It was great, great. Yeah. I mean, America had so many great indoor meets. Yeah. There was one at the Boston Garden. Uh, there was one up in Toronto. There was one in Dallas. There was one in LA. Yeah. I mean, like, and they were all in these little basketball stadiums. Yeah, you know, yeah. Great atmospheres, but they're all gone. Yeah. And you know, the they they want to run. The, the two hundred meters tracks now you know yeah. they're not they're not uh, nobody wants to go and run on a one sixty track yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So it's all about prestige and money. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a great, great, uh, great, great experience. I'm yeah. glad I had the opportunity to run in Madison Square yeah. Garden. Which brings another question: uh, your favourite surface? Because you, you've been prolific at all these different events and distances and surfaces. Um, and your favourite distance? I suppose it's another questions that are coming into it to us from the listeners here. Favourite? I mean, I loved running track. Yeah. Uh, and I loved running road. And I wish I could have ran more cross country. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, that's my biggest regret right. is not being be, because I started late at twenty six. I didn't have the uh, opportunity right. to to make the world cross country team, you know, for for Great Britain. Yeah, you know, in nineteen eighty, uh, you know, I'd beaten was it eighty or seventy nine? I'd beaten Nick. Yeah. Uh, at the at the. Northerns at the 10,000 meters, yeah. uh, and you know, in 1980, I left and went to America. Yeah. And Nick made multiple world yeah. cross country teams after 1980. Yeah, that's you know, that that's one regret I have, you know, is I never made an English cross country team. Yeah, uh, so my favorites, it's, I love them all. There was no no specific one. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. And, um, I loved racing. That's what I loved. Yeah, I think my my, my dad always used to uh, he used to love them all, and he, and he'd, he'd compare the the track was like the the theatre for the yeah. athlete. That was the, the yeah. stage, um, and then obviously the road was sort of it was you, yourself, just that that journey of yourself out there, and then the cross country was where you well, you, you battled the, the on the track you on show. Yeah. I mean, on a road race, nobody can see yeah. you. You're, you're in the middle of nowhere. Nobody's yeah. nobody's out watching it. But on the track, you're there, and everybody's watching you. Yeah. There's nowhere to re- there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. You know, you can have a bad section in a in a road race, and nobody sees it. Yeah. But like you know, you you're running on the track, and suddenly you know you go from running 60, 68 second laps to running seventy four seconds laps. Yeah. Oh, he's dying. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, it is. It is more. It keeps you honest. Yeah. Now a couple more questions here. Oh, in the early days, in Liverpool, was there? Did you look up to any? any well, there's so many people around you. Um, I think you've already answered that in a way, but someone who you perhaps looked up to. And then on the professional level, level um, an athlete, uh, a favourite athlete, perhaps a role model at the time, you, you sort of you sort of put up the, on a pedestal and say, I want to be like him. Any, any, anything like that? You know uh, I, I really, with me starting late, I, mm. I knew nothing about running. Yeah. I, knew yeah. no, I, di- I didn't know anybody... Uh, I didn't know. Who, who, I didn't. I, I didn't even know Roger Bannister was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you know, uh, you talked to me. I didn't even know Brendan Foster was. I, I mean, yeah. I didn't know anybody. I mean, I just started running. I didn't read magazines. Yeah. Uh, and then suddenly, you know, I'm going to races and 
all I look at is their their people to meet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I I didn't have yeah. anybody to look up to, you know. And I I would stand on the line with with like John Woods and Dave Murphy and everybody, and they would all be going. There's Brendan Foster. There's Ricky Wilde. There's uh, Bernie Ford. There's yeah. Dave Black. I mean, you know, they're, 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 they're naming all these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And before they've started, they've already lost. Yeah. You know, I said, I don't know who the hell they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best they're, they're, one, yeah. they're there to be beaten, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to run my race to stay behind them. I'm there to win. So like you know, I I didn't didn't I didn't care who they were. Yeah. Uh, so, did I look up to anybody? No, I didn't have anybody. So I didn't I didn't know anybody. So. And there's a question from Tony O'Brien, because perhaps people were looking up to you maybe because you're in prevent prevent Providence uh, College yeah, in Lo um, Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. Yeah. Um, and your effect on that, but you were going into a system which already had prolific athletes. And um, does that place still stand today? What's yeah, the, the school is still still there. They still have a good good uh, team. Uh, you know, Ray Tracy is the coach now. John's brother. John's uh, brother, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, it it's it's still you know, running is still still a a big college sport there. Yeah. I don't know what what else, but. Well, the, the question from Tony was really uh, your influence on the other athletes. Okay, my but, but so uh, you know, obviously they looked up to me because I'd been to the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, and you know the coach sort of had us all training together, but there was a major problem, and I had to go to him and talk to him about it. If I trained with them. At doing what they they were doing I wouldn't improve yeah and if they trained with me they would get hit yeah so you know it was balancing uh, what they could do and what what I needed to do yeah so I didn't train with them per se you know I would do my thing if I were doing a 400 if I were doing a track session with them I would let them go out you know like they would start off four hundreds yeah. I'd let them take two or three seconds and then I would go off yeah. uh, if we were doing road sessions uh, and it was going to be a hard session I would I would let them go if they went left I went right yeah uh, you know I, I, I wasn't because they they would have stayed with me yeah and if I was going to hammer it yeah, and, yeah, yeah. so you know it was a good it was a good system and you know I was 26, 27, and they were 17, 18, 19. Yeah. So there was a there was a big learning gap and a big age gap, yeah. growth gap. Yeah. So you know, I, I the coach was understanding and, and saw 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 that there needed to be uh, a divide. Uh, you know, we ran easy runs together, our Sunday runs together, uh, and, and, and and easier runs. But if it come down to hard work, yeah, uh, it was take care of the boys. Yeah, and then um, 
obviously we head then towards 84 and obviously your first Boston Marathon um, you know that was it was um, was it, was it well, Boston's known for being um, really different weathers obviously we, we already mentioned the June the Sun 82 obviously we go back to 2018 more recently with the, the, the freak storm that there was yeah. and the horrendous weather there um, it was quite a, a cold wet windy day for, for yourself wasn't it in, in, in 84 in, eight, in 84 like you know I'd, I'd run I, I was the British record holder uh, and I had I was I was graduating from college and you know obviously April is, is still there's still another almost six weeks of school left so I, I, I couldn't really take the time off I've just invested four years of my life in a degree. I'm not going to walk away and not graduate and not finish my degree. So, you know, I had to make a decision to to stay in the United States and run. And there was no, there was no uh, trial race, yeah. specific trial race. Yeah. London was the last opportunity yeah. to to register a time because they they were going to do selection based on on your times yeah so like you know i had new york already in the in the uh in the bag yeah uh and you know i had to so i i, I made the decision i was going to run boston it's an hour from from providence so i mean there's no there was no time lag. There was no. Yeah. I'm there. I know what the weather's like. And I, I can take my chances. Uh, I took the opportunity to go out the day before. Well, I went up to Boston. I never, you know, like everybody today wants to see the course. They're all, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all up there running the course, looking at it. I didn't see the course until yeah. the day before. Right. I drove in on the Saturday to get my uh, number. Yeah. Drove the course. It took me two hours and twenty minutes to get from Hopkinton because that's where I was staying. Yeah. To, to, to the finish line. And I said, "Well, doesn't look too bad." Yeah. I tell you what, hills don't look bad in the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know. I, this heartbreak hill you're talking about now. Well, yeah, I mean, like, but there's heartbreak hill is only half the story. The first half is rolling down like this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's you know it's rolling down till about twelve miles. Yeah. And then. And that takes a, a hit on the hamstrings and things yeah. like that with all the downhill and stuff. And then yeah. then you've got the the rolling severe up for heartbreak hill. Yeah. Uh, uh, till 21 miles then you've got a a good downhill section from Boston College to Cleveland Circle and then it's flat till you get to Hereford Street and you've got a, an incline coming up to Burleston right. you think I'd know the course <laughs> 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 but uh, you know it, it was you know, you don't know what to expect from yeah. Boston, you know, the weather-wise. And it was a cold, cold, cold day. Yeah. Uh, a guy called 
Fred Tressler uh, was on the uh, on the radio. Was it maybe that's the Saturday? I think right. it was. Uh, it'd been snowing. I mean, it was cold. The snow was on the ground, yeah. and, it was, and it wasn't a little bit of snow. It was a pretty substantial amount of snow. Yeah. But you know, it's it's plowed. It's gone. Yeah. It's salted. You know, it was gone by the time the race happened. Uh, he was suggesting that I, I should consider not running and go, going to run a time you know, for the Olympics. Yeah. Going, going to London, you know. But uh, I said, no, I'm ready to run. I've, everything is pinned for yeah. the Monday. You know, and, you know, I, I, I'd... I coined my own training program right. with with Eddie for this. Uh, you know, everybody was geared on a seven day cycle. You do seven yeah. day cycle. Yeah, yeah. Well, for the marathon, I I, I said, you know, if I want to do a hard long run every seven days, that's gonna that's gonna beat me up. Yeah. So we went to I went to a ten day cycle. Right. So my hard run was every. My hard long run was yeah. every ten days, okay. uh, and I've seen a few people coin that, you know, their 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 uh, their, their, their their training programs yeah. was coined by me. Yeah. <laughs> A ten day cycle, and so, and it was based on you know working on that Monday. Yeah, uh, I was ready to run. And I knew what I had to do. Uh, I went out, ran a little bit more conservative than I did in New York. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I knew I was running fast, felt really strong. And, you know, I, I, I look back with one regret. It was an Olympic year. And when I finished that race, I knew there was more in the tank. Right. You know, I held off. You know, I said, I just need that 210. Yeah. You know, I just need to be strong. I'm, I'm thinking I want to be ready for the Olympics. Yeah. I don't want to exhaust myself. I don't want to get hurt. I just want to be in great shape when I finish. So, you know, instead of pushing and hammering that last uh, five, six yeah. miles, I sort of relaxed and coasted in. Yeah. Uh, could I have run maybe a minute a little more faster? I think there was. Yeah. And that's, you know, my, my, my uh, advice to anybody that, that's going out now, if it's there, take it. Yeah. Don't don't yeah. put it off and save it for another. Think you're gonna save it for another day because yeah. that other day will never come. Yeah, and it sadly didn't come because it, in the Olympics, you were one of the favourites going into that. That's the same year, eighty four. Eighty four. I got. Mm. I, got you, I got strep throat. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, if you'd have asked me, I ran a twenty five miler. About. Yeah six weeks before the Olympics. Yeah. I'd done my two 10-mile loops at Providence College and I had one of the guys off the track team who could run sub-25, no problem, yeah. for 
he could run 23 minutes yeah. for five miles. He joined in to run the last five miles with me. He couldn't stay with me. Yeah. I mean, I ran an incredible uh, 25 miles, feeling in, in super, super shape. Uh, went out to LA to, to Point Loma College with my coach Eddie. Yeah. Uh, Eddie came out and we're in Point Loma for two weeks. We had an incredible two weeks training. Yeah. Everything's going super right. Uh, Sunday before the race, we go down to the track to do two times five miles yeah. on the track with a 10 minute jog recovery between them. I ran 25 minutes flat for both five miles. Uh, totally in control. Finished the, uh, the, tr the second uh, five miles and then I done four times 455 yeah. with a full recovery. Oh, I was so happy. I mean, I was I was ready to run. Yeah. Uh, the next day we get the plane to LA. I got up the following morning with strep throat. Uh, you know, I could hardly breathe. Yeah. A major headache. I was aching. My arms, my legs, everything was aching. I had to go and see the doctor, and they they prescribed antibiotics. I spent the next three days in a noisy Olympic village. Yeah listening to uh everybody you know the worst thing about the olympics is you know you get there the first the first day and yeah. it's you can hear pins pin drops nobody is making a noise yeah yeah first few days and then after about three or four days the noise level starts to pick up well you imagine what the noise level is on the final day yeah everybody's finished that we're all having parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm 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 laying in bed, feeling like crap. Yeah. Uh, and it's the Olympics. Would you say that's the lowest point in your career? I would say so. Yeah. You know, yeah. Knowing that I was ready to run. Yeah. The week before, uh, you know, I got up, went to the track. Oh, you know, went went down to the. Uh, to the state, you know, get on the bus to go to the stadium, get ready. You know, and there was no perk in me. I was, you know, I think Charlie, Charlie, Charlie had put a nice comment in his book about it. You know, Charlie Spadden. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but you know, and I was, you know, he 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 went there and he was euphoric. You know, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. was ready to win. Yeah, you know. And I was, I was there, I was ready to win, but that was gone. Yeah. You know, I was there just praying that everybody else was ready to lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I stood there on the line saying, God, I wish you all, I hope you all are all hurting as much as me. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like, I look at pictures of myself at, at, at the, uh, in the race yeah. and I look like a ghost. Yeah. I mean, I was I was suntanned and everything, but I looked as white as a ghost, you know. And yeah. I mean, I, I gave it a good shot. I was there for fifteen k, and then the energy level just disappeared. Yeah. The I was just aching from head head to toe, and you know, I got to the halfway mark, and I said, "That's it, I'm done." 
and I went and sat in the tent and I uh, got back to the, uh, to the by the time we got back to the Olympic Stadium they were just about starting the closing ceremonies right. I got some money and went to a bar yeah. <laughs> and said that's it you know I'm done uh, and you know sort of I, I came back on the plane I, I flew back to Boston with Charlie on the plane right. I think uh, we had a nice chat uh, I mean it was great to see him uh, so yeah. happy you know and we got a medal yeah uh, but you know my my running for the next two months was there was nothing there you know? yeah I, well not that there was nothing there there was no enthusiasm yeah. there you know I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going out going through the motions just nothing hard I just yeah. going out jogging every day and I ended up I couldn't I ended up going to Chicago yeah you say you came back didn't you and I went to 10 yeah and you, and, you, you, know, you second to Steve Jones in no I was, I was fifth alright uh, I went 210.04 I think but so you fell low and I, Jones I, I, you up to I fell at about I think it was like 20 miles right. uh, there's about 10 of us there and yeah, yeah there's at yeah. least 10 of us there yeah, still 10, yeah. and you know we're we're, we're flying I mean, it was, it was funny because there was a bunch of guys in that race that had never ran the marathon before right. you know Ed Eyestone uh, Bruce Bickford uh, there was a lot of uh, yeah. top Americans and I don't know I don't know whether it was Bruce or Ed you know we're, we're at 10 miles and it's like 48 minutes yeah. at 10 miles and we're all jogging along and one of them one of them goes when are, when are we going to start to run yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah uh, I think it was uh, Rod Rob DiCostello goes, oh, just wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just starting. You know, it's, but it was fun. You know, yeah. I, you know I, I know at, at 20 miles, we were taking a, a turn and one of the Kenyans just clipped my, my heel. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, I, I went down and next thing I know, there's a hand on, my, on the back of my neck, yeah. on my shirt dragging me up and Steve Jones saved me from uh, hitting the ground yeah but you know he kept on running and you know I, I was sort of thrown yeah. out of out of step and suddenly I was 20 yards down yeah you know and out of the race and then it was just a matter of chase 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 yeah. and they they were still on that that, that pace that we were on at the beginning yeah <laughs> and he, he ran 208 in the yeah, British record yeah and you'd have been 32 years old at the time 1984 yeah, that's no, 32, 32 31 32 31 mm, in the prime prime of your life 32 yeah um tell us about the photo finish where you were robbed by McLeod at the golden uh, European 10,000 meter photo finish uh, well, what happened there well it was a, let me go into the whole 
politics of, of yeah. British sports because that's that's more in line with what what that what that was about. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I, I get the impression sometimes the further north you go, we get sort of forgotten about. And Liverpool was they didn't have anything against you being a scouser. Yeah, uh, well, I think that there was a that divide. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, yeah. I know my my mum didn't get picked for initially for um, for the world champs in Rome in eighty seven because um, the three girls they wanted to send were three from down south. Yeah, and yeah. Um, my mum won the British trials. But they didn't want to send her, so they said they had to run off, have a run off in Oslo in the Bislett Games, and then my mum won that. Oh well, the first Brit home, uh, first yeah, first Brit home, um, and in a new English record, so. They didn't have much choice at that point. You'd think they'd be past all that by now, no, wouldn't still you? Still same. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, 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 the politics is is ingrained, you know, and you know the British system of you know pre-selection is is yeah. antiquated, well, it's, and it's not it's not fair. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, mean, like you know, when you the American system is we have an Olympic trials. Yeah. And everybody has the same opportunity they need to go to the olympic trials yeah. if you get sick you get sick that's life yeah you know yeah but you have to go yeah. and and what does that do for that meet if you go to in america you go to that olympic trials it is a sellout yeah i mean it's a huge 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 yeah. thing and it's it's a way for them to make to make money yeah i mean it, it is something that every athlete i mean and they put it on their resumes yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. Amer americans have their resume we made the olympic trials yeah. i mean there isn't th th that's yeah it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. mean anything here. I, mean, I'm, I'm, I keep watching all the athletics at the moment from the states um so i watch like the there's a sound running meet and things like that yeah. the other night on online and things and uh, yeah they're, they're obviously they've got the time they've got the olympic standards but then they've got the olympic qualifying uh, to the trials standard yeah. as well and like I don't know, like I'm watching like some of the diamond leagues and stuff and I'm just thinking, I'm just, I find them boring. I'm not finding them interesting and I can never decide whether it's because in them they're also doing sort of, I'm seeing the jumps and the throws and stuff and though I find them interesting, I find the distance races obviously more interesting yeah. and the meets I'm watching in the States are just distance meets, they've got, you know, just yeah. meets for the throws and stuff like that and so whether that makes it more interesting or the fact that there's a bit more story to it that the everyone in there they're not necessarily chasing the Olympic qualifying standard they're chasing the trials qualifying standard yeah. and it's like that gives that urgency to the race and that sort of yeah. excitement to it that you know because not all of them are going to qualify for the Olympics and you know that there's, there's only three in the team sort of thing going but that's the other bit is that in but the stage you, you know if you've got the time and you, you're in the top three in the trials you go into the games yeah but it takes Whereas, politics yeah. it takes politics out of the yeah. equation you know but it also yeah. like, it's not favouritism anymore no. it's what you do on the day yeah. but in the UK you, you've you could finish in the top three at the trials, have the qualifying time, but still not go because they just decide they're not taking that many. I mean, yeah. the, the Commonwealth Games is being held in, in Birmingham next year and they've announced that there's a, they're only taking a, an England team of, I think it's 42 athletes or something like that to a, to a home games. Yeah. And you... So let me ask you both, why are the powers that be? It seems seems like you're making a straightforward, makes straightforward common sense to me that the American system... Trumps the British system. Why? Why are the powers that be continuing with this failed system that that's unfair? And and why? Why is it continuing? I think the the powers they want to they want to maintain control. They don't want to give up control. Mm. It's this is the way it is. This is the way it, it has always been. And you know, 
Oh, we want to take our best athletes. Well, yeah. you know what? Your best athletes are going to win the trials. Your best athletes should be competing against the best athletes from the UK. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and the other one is the way, the way the trials are done in the US is they, they do the trials to mirror the Olympics. So it follows the same schedule that, that's been announced for the Olympic Games. Whereas in the UK, we pack our trials into a two-day weekend and obviously don't force... You know, it's, it's, you don't have to come use or, yeah. you know, and then, mm. I mean, stuff like a 10,000 gets relegated to a completely different weekend um, altogether. I think it's um, the start of June in, in Birmingham is being held and the guys organising that are doing a, a great event organising it, but it's it's a shame it's not there at the trials as well to be part of that event with them. And But I suppose, you, you know, look at the marathon trials this year, um, the way that was run with Callum pre-selected, yeah. having, obviously he's now shown that he's in, you know, he is in good shape, but he's pre-selected from 2019 and yeah. obviously it was a fantastic run in, 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 um, in Doha and things like that, but um, finishing fourth there, but you were sort of like, if it was just the trials and it was the three of the trials, as long as they had the time they were going, you sort of think, well, I know obviously, you know, Johnny sat out because he was injured, but he maybe he would have been, would have risked the, the, the you know, that, the um, Callum would have had to have raced it and things like that and it, it would have, created that different dynamic of, of that race and you know who knows I mean what would have happened and, and well, I mean like you know if I go back to 84 you know and, and me running Boston but there was no there was no, no. specific yeah. trials set yeah so like you know if they'd have said there is a trial race yeah then I would have had to come and run yeah and I would have come and run but there wasn't so yeah. you know I had an opportunity to stay you know and I would have just had to come over, you know, for a few days before yeah. raced and then come back to America. Yeah. You know, which isn't ideal, yeah. but that's the way it would have had to be. Would I have made the team? Maybe, maybe not. Have we spoken about the, the photo finish? Oh, no. So we were talking about that's how we got onto <laughs> politics. <laughs> so, no. So in that, that, that was 82. Not sure, not sure. Eighty-two. Was it eighty-one or eighty-two? I can't remember. Anyway, I, I wanted to run the golden. I, I was, I was coming back. I wanted to run the golden five thousand meters and the golden ten thousand meters at that that year. By the way, the golden that at the t they don't I don't hear that term. They don't anymore. have those anymore. Right, okay. But at the time, it meant. Was it an invite or? It was an invite yeah. race. Yeah. It, it, it was top was, top twenty guys. Yeah, I suppose it sort of pre. Dates what is sort of the Diamond League yeah. now, but okay, yeah, it's that yeah, makes not sense. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. so uh, everybody wants to run that race. Yeah. Yes, like the, there was the the, the the championship race of the year, and so I phoned up Andy Norman in in London and said, Andy, I want to run the, the Golden Five. Yeah, he goes, Well, I'm sorry, but You've got to run the uh, you've got to run the Great Britain against Poland yeah. uh, on the Saturday, yeah. and the Golden Five was on the Wednesday or the t Tuesday, whatever day yeah, it was. Yeah. And if you you know if you don't do the yeah. you didn't get on the wrong side, Andy Norman. Yeah, if you don't do the the the, 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 the GB race yeah. against Poland, you can't run the Golden. Yeah. So I have to do two. I said, well, I want to run the Golden 10. And he, and he goes, well, you're running for Great Britain against Dresden. 
against East Germany in yeah. Dresden. Uh, three days, four days before. So in a 20-day period, I had a race on the Saturday, a race on the Wednesday, a race on the Saturday, a race on the Wednesday. And then the following weekend, I had 3,000 meters that I had to do at Crystal Palace. Right. So in that period of time, I went to London, came back to Liverpool, went to Gateshead, came back to Liverpool, flew out to Dresden, flew back to Liverpool, flew out to Prague, flew back to, to London, yeah. raced in London on the Saturday, stayed in London and then raced in London on the Saturday and then flew back and then come back to Liverpool in 20 days. So in that 20 days, I ran 13, 30, 13, 30 yeah. in the, the two fives. Then I ran 27, 42 in Dresden, which was uh, the 10,000 meters against Schilhauer. Right. And it was four of us on the track. And it was the fastest time ever recorded at that time. And I, I don't yeah. know if it still is for a dual meet right. for 10,000 meters. Yeah. Uh, and all I just wanted to do, I wanted to run as slow as I possibly could there, yeah. but I wanted to win. Yeah. And we set out Schilhauer, me, Dave Murphy, and the other East German. Uh, how's that though? Two Scousers on the GB team yeah. Yeah. at the same time. Uh, and 20,000 Germans in the stadium. Yeah. So we, we, we set out, uh, Schilhauer was like a towering six foot, yeah. six foot six. I don't know how tall, but yeah. he was freaking tall. He was the big favorite on the day. He was, uh, no, not really. I mean, not to, me, probably, not to me, not to me. The home crowd. I mean, yeah, I was yeah. ready to win. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he took off. I sat right behind him and we went through in 1402. Uh, Dave was way was already off the pace by yeah. then and so was the other East German uh, he kept he picked up the pace a little bit I sat right behind him and at, at about about 7k now he's starting to to look at me yeah. and, it, and we, we were going fast yeah. you know you pick the pace up and he, he waves me by and I said I'm, I'm yeah. good so carries off it picks up the pace again another lap goes back he slow, slows down waves me on I slow down another lap goes by he stops <laughs> so I stop <laughs> <laughs> then he takes off again yeah. so I take off and now he's now he's really mad he's pushing the pace yeah. and I'm sitting on him sitting on him <laughs> uh, and you know with 500 to go I said okay that's it I came out Boom, yeah. I started pounding for home and I ran 155 for my last 800. <laughs> uh, I beat him by about uh, five or six seconds. Yeah. And I say it was the fastest time. And, and the crowd was silent. The crowd was, crowd was silent, but they were, they were, there was an argument about who should get the... Uh, the most, pre the most uh, prestigious uh, performance of the meet. Right. <laughs> and I gave it to a triple jumper. Oh. 
Ah, dearly me. And then, so, then, then we came back from, from, from Dresden. Uh, I spent 24 hours in Liverpool. Yeah. And then flew off to Prague for the Golden 10,000 meters. I mean, Yifta, Suleiman Nayan Bowie, two fastest guys in the world. Yeah. Uh, McLeod. Well, McLeod, McLeod didn't have all these races which you were ordered to, to, to take up. No. Seems quite very unfair that you... So, anyway, uh, you know, Mike's, Mike's a great guy. Uh, you know, and we, we're coming, we get, get into the race and I could run 20, 25 seconds for my last 200, no yeah. doubt in my mind. So all I wanted to do was sit. Yeah. And... I'm sitting on a guy called Morris Shifter. Yeah. What do you think? I'm thinking I'm <laughs> going to win. Yeah. You know, uh, I can beat you. Uh, I've got Suleiman Nayabui there. I can beat you too. Yeah. So I've got the two fastest finishers in the world right in front of me. Um, we're just going around, going around. And I was like, when are they going to kick? When are they, they going to make a move? No, no, the, the entire field, this. 20 guys still there at the bell. Right. Yeah. And I'm sitting there right behind the two of them. And I'm just waiting for them to go. Well, we come out of, we come onto the, to the damp back straight and the field just goes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm boxed. Yeah. I'm stuck behind Solomon, Nyabui and Yifta. Yeah. So now the field's gone. I come out and I'm running zigzagging down the track. Yeah. Passing people, passing people, and sort of home straight, and it's a it's a lean finish between uh, Mike McLeod and myself. Yeah. I think we both got the same time, but Mike got the uh, got the nod. Yeah. I got second place. So robbed, robbed on the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> um. Don't, don't moving forward. We've we've had two successes here in uh, 84, 85, Boston, 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 Boston <laughs> Marathon wins. I read the book there by um, Bill Bill Rogers. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was an amazing read. You know the man personally. Yeah. Um, Bill, he had success in that period. I think in the eighties. Was it the eighties or the uh, seven? Was it from the seventies? Seventies, so, you know, yeah. from yeah. about seventy four. Yeah. Bill Bill was a, has been a phenomenon, yeah. and yeah. you know he's. He's one of these guys that just, he's like Ron Hill. He yeah. doesn't, he doesn't stop. And by the way, when you broke the, Brit, you got the marathon, British marathon record, the fastest ever Brits, you'd taken that from Ron Hill. Is that right? The record? I have no idea. I, I, I got that from someone, yeah, maybe, maybe. doesn't matter. But anyway, uh, Bill Rogers. So, you know, Bill, Bill, Bill. He was in the right place at the right time, maybe. We could yeah, say. you could say that. I mean, he, he was, <laughs> I mean, like, he's, he was a guy that never got never yeah. got hurt. He was and he, he, he raced week in and week out. I mean he was the old school. He was yeah. the old school runner. You know, uh Al Tupper, I guess. You know, yeah. he just didn't he never stopped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and you know, whatever the race, whatever the distance, you know, it, it didn't seem to affect him. You know, he could run five miles, five K or a marathon and yeah. he he just bounced back. Uh you know, he, 
he, he revolutionized him, Marty LaCorey, Frank Shorter, sort of re- uh, revolutionized running in America. Yeah. You know, and I mean, Bill, Bill sort of, he gets titled as like the grandfather of American marathon running. It's a, sort of a, I mean, a you know, that they throw at him sort of thing. But I suppose Shorter was, see, was 72, wasn't he? So he was. Yeah, Shorter won, won the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. In Munich. Se- in, yeah. In, uh, Munich and, yeah. Yeah, and then he was uh, second in Montreal, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. And then, you know, you, you've got a. Though he should be first in Montreal because he's since been uh, found that they've yeah. already released the papers, didn't they? That he was on state doping. Mm. Yeah, they, you've got a. But I mean, like. I've got more history, you know, because I've been in the Boston yeah. area. Uh, I mean, like, for some of the, the, the marathon runners that they had, you know, they had a guy called Johnny Kelly. Yeah. Uh, he ran, like, a 62 Boston Marathons. Yeah. And, you know, he won it a couple of times. I read about Johnny. He was in the book, wasn't and he? Kelly. Yeah. yeah. He was in that I book. Mean, yeah. An and incredible, incredible guy. Yeah. And then they had another guy called Johnny Kelly Jr. Yeah. Not related. Yeah. But another Johnny Kelly, from and he, he were both from the you know the New England. One was Massachusetts, one was Connecticut. Right. Did you meet that? Did you meet those guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were great guys. And like you know, they. It was it was a, it was a pleasure to sit down and talk with them. You know, yeah. and you come across to Andy Bur- Burford. And, Andy's a great Andy, guy. Andy Burford. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we read a couple of his books. Uh, yeah. You know, and he he's another one that. that you know, he just keeps on running. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's still running now. Yeah. He's got a, he runs the Manchester Road Race. I think he's done it about fifty five years in a row. In one of his books, he mentioned he, he enjoys it more now. At the back, I can't imagine that. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, mean, yeah. I, I mean, it, you know, I, I, it's a different it's a different mentality now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I enjoy running now. More than I have ever enjoyed. You you would agree with him on that? You, yeah. You're saying I that? mean, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like. There's too much pressure back in the day, maybe. Or well, it was all about pushing, pushing, push, push, push. push. Not and, a time to. And you know, it was there was always a a goal. Yeah. You know, you've got to you, yeah. you're getting ready for something. You're pushing. You're working hard, and you know you're not seeing anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you know, yeah. you go out and you hammer a training session. Yeah. You don't see anything. Yeah. No, I don't see anything either. Do and you? now, like you know, I I go out. I've got my, I got my, I, I, there's a, there's a web Facebook page out there, runner with, runners with cameras. Right. God, I, I love my, I love my iPhone. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm out going, take the pictures here, there and there. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. You know, look at that poor little cow, that lovely little cow. Oh, oh, look at that magpie. <laughs> there's a flower there. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, it's. I'm smelling the roses. Yeah. I'm not going out. I'm not killing myself. I come back. I feel good. There's no. If I feel like ru- running 30 minutes, I run 30 minutes. If I feel like running 60 minutes, I run 60 minutes. Uh, there's. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not looking at the clock to see how fast I'm going. Yeah. You know. Because you, you, I mean, you stopped. You stopped running, didn't you? After you did Boston in 1990, finished finished seventh there, and then you you had. Um, the hip replacements didn't you both well hip hips and I, you didn't run for it was it 25 years 20 something years so yeah. you, you so retired retired at 38 then 36 or oh, 36 sorry yeah, yeah. 36 uh, my, 
my, I, I mean, like, I, I don't know what year, but I, I, I contracted uh, jaundice. Is that that mono mononucleosis? Right. Yeah. You know the sleeping disease. Yeah. And I ran Boston. How does that affect you? So I don't know that. Uh, that. I mean, yeah. you, you one day you can be out there and you're hammering it. Everything yeah. feels great. Mm. And then you know I, I was getting ready for Boston and um, training's going. Winter I had a fantastic winter, and then you know getting to March. About a month before Boston, I'm going down the track. This is, there's nothing here. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm running 65 seconds for a quarter, and I'm and I'm flat out. I, yeah. I'm 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 hurting. You know, and I'm, I'm I've been running 55s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that I'm I, I can't finish sessions. You know, I just got I'm coming home. I've done half a session. I thought, oh god, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. And you know, kind of by right, I think I ran like around 217 that year. Um, what was wrong with me? But yeah. Didn't feel good, and then, you know, about a month later, I find I said, I've got to go to the doctors. I went to the doctors. They done all sorts of tests, and oh, you got mononucleosis. Yeah. Uh, it took me a, it took me twelve months to recover. Yeah. And you know, there was coming back. Uh, you know, it's 89, 90, You know. 90 is still 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 wasn't you know like yeah my running wasn't going right yeah. you know it's since since the mono like it was just well you were born in 52 you'd have been 38 then i was born in 53 53 sorry yeah because <laughs> yeah, you're one year one year old than me my dad my dad was 54 yeah so, so i i ended up uh um 90 i said that's it i gotta i gotta i've gotta reassess the way i'm running yeah uh I gotta get rid of this hundred and five. I'm gonna drop my mileage down. I'm gonna reduce the, the long runs. I'm gonna go back to just doing track work. Yeah. Working back on basics. You know, trying to get myself back into five k shape. Yeah. You still had ambitions at the time. I still had ambitions. Yeah. I was 30, 35, 36. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was still, 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 still felt like I had it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I got myself. I, I was feeling good. Um, I don't know what year whether it was 90 or 91 uh, I'm out out running and I slipped and you're like you, you go down the road and you're feeling good I'm running 6 minute mile yeah. pace and I'm just feeling like I'm floating along yeah. and I said well the woods is coming up should I go into the woods or should I just keep on going go on the trails or keep on the road so I don't know and I get on there now you've got the uh the question in your head going, yeah. should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? And get all get get right up to the uh where I gotta take the left turn. I'm going into the woods. I put my right foot down, you know, to, to go yeah. left and there's gravel. My right leg goes slips, goes out. Yeah. I start to fall. My left leg is going the opposite way. And I'd done the splits. Oh, and bloody hell. I laid hit the ground. Uh, I couldn't walk. Yeah. I mean, I, got, I, I lay on the ground for about five minutes, just holding my groins. Uh, I was so sore. I got up and 
you know, normally you can get up and go for it and carry on running. Yeah. I couldn't run. Luckily, I was only about half a mile from the house. I walked the longest half mile of my life home. Yeah. I lay down, stayed in the house, got a hot tub. Two days later, I went to the doctors because I still could hardly walk. Yeah. And the doctor says to me, uh, he took he took the x-rays, he said, you're never going to run again. You've got arthritis, really bad arthritis. I said, no, I haven't. Mm. He said, yes, you have. He said, look, and he, and he puts up two, two x-rays on, on, the, uh, on the board. And he said, you see this one? This one's not too bad. And this is, this is you. Yeah. This guy is 70. You're 36. Mm. <laughs> You're done. Uh, so, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I mean, like, how do you process that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're never going to run again. Mm. So, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take it too well. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult uh, time. Uh, you know, and I, I had, I had visions because I was going to run the US trials that year. I, be, I just got my citizenship. I was getting my citizenship or yeah. I just got my citizenship. I just got my citizenship. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to run the US trials because it was a fair, fair shot. Like, you know, yeah. you go there, one, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and this was most probably September. Christmas comes January and I've got visions of running a, half, a marathon yeah. at the American Championships which was going to be the trial course yeah. I said well that's a good one to go and run yeah. I had to back out of that I still had, I mean I wasn't listening to the doctor I was thinking yeah. it's all going to come back yeah. but I mean my what what had happened was, I mean, I had bone on bone in my hip. So I ran and it hit it like hell. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, January, February, March, April, and I'm still in pain. Uh, and I have to say, that's it, you know, career's over. And what you do? I I had two kids and I had to be as positive as I could be. Uh, I needed to find a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, suddenly I've gone from being a professional athlete to I'm out of business. Uh, and you know, I ended up phoning a friend up, a race director. And this would be almost 12 months later. It had been the following Christmas. I phoned up a friend. I said, hey, Tom, how you doing? And he was the race director for the New Bedford Half Marathon, which mm. I'm the course record for. And he said, well, I'm not putting field here. I said, Tom, I'm done. I'm not racing anymore. I'm, I'm finished. My career's over. I, you know, 
I'm looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> and and I only said I was looking for a job because he'd say, what are you doing then? Yeah. I'm looking for a job. Direct running's finished. He said, well, come in here and I'll get you a, an interview. So I ended up into going into his place, filling in an application and getting a, getting hired for Merrill Lynch as a stockbroker. And I spent 10 years doing that. Uh, I didn't run a step. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's a lie. I, about, after about a year or two, I sort of started to jog again. I was seeing a physiotherapist and he was managing the pain for me yeah. you know, with, with the exercises and stuff, massage. Uh, and I started, started to run again. And then once I started to run again, I got up to running five miles a day. Uh, uh, coaching a couple of guys and they they wanted to run uh, Boston so I was helping them yeah. and they would come down and run with me and then, then I started running my longer run I started running along with them yeah. I have some visions of grandeur again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not so much you know morning not so much uh and this is four years after I'd fallen. Yeah. So like, you know, four years away and visions of grandeur. And ah, I'll run Boston. It's my, I'm turning 40. Uh, I can run Boston with these guys. And I'll try and raise money for charity. Uh, I ran 70, like 71 minutes for half marathon in New yeah. Bedford. You know, off, off of about five months training. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. And I was taking that into Boston. My friend wanted to break uh, two and a half hours. Yeah. I don't know what I wanted to do. I just wanted to run. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to run fast. And I took it out. I ran faster. The first, my first half of Boston was faster than I ran the half in. Yeah. Around seventy minutes, and uh, I ended up running two two thirty seven. Yeah, Smokey caught me going up the uh, yeah. Heartbreak Hill. Oh, it was the longest last half marathon of my life. Yeah. and you know I finished the race. I was grey. Uh, there was no party in that night. Yeah. I went back to the hotel room, filled the bathtub up. And spent the night in a bathtub. Yeah. No, no dancing at the the Hard Rock Cafe till yeah. two, three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I ran two thirty seven. You know, that's yeah. four years away from running and still run, still running two thirty seven. I was satisfied, and that was the last time I ran a marathon. Yeah. And sadly, breaking news: that Ron Hill's passing. Jeff, one of the legends of the sport, there. Yeah, he's left a great legacy for us all to follow you know he's and you, the father of British marathon running I think yeah, yeah. running every day for how many years Matthew um, 52 50, yeah that message just coming through there about Ron Hill and last year in Rainhill you, you were 
lucky enough to be there and meet him. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, he's getting, he was looking frail then. Yeah. You know? It was great to have seen him again. I mean, I was supposed to see him in Boston uh, about five years ago. You know, when that volcano erupted in Iceland and it stopped all traffic across the Atlantic for, it seemed like forever. Ron was supposed, supposed to, was being flown in. to celebrate his victories in his victory in Boston. Yeah. Um, I was I was I was going to be there too. I'm yeah. Sad that I didn't get it to see him there. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I commissioned a. Uh, or I was commissioned to write a because um, I wrote Alf Tucker for a while for Athletics Weekly, and um, yeah, um, Ron Hill, the, the company, um, commissioned us to do a special um, edition um, in Athletics Weekly. Uh, when Ron was celebrating his the his fiftieth year of his of his run streak, yeah. and um, I wrote a piece of, of Ron being as Alfred was one of his one of his heroes and things like that. So I wrote pieces when Ron was sort of starting out, him meeting Alf uh, out in the in the park running, and then they were on the start line at uh, at the park run that that Ron was doing his uh, his run at, and they were going to award him award him it, and they did a, a big frame print of it and things like that, and gave, gave him that. I re- recall Ron racing quite often, and and uh, Marty was it. Marty would be racing on a weekly basis, and yet you hear a lot of coaches, uh, modern era, saying, "Hey, you've got to prepare for this race," you know, and you're preparing for this race, and there's, but you you guys seem to be racing on a week to week basis, or is that not completely true? Uh, I mean, before I went to America, it was you know you raced every week, every week, virtually every week. Yeah, that's, that's something common. Yeah, 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 and. But like you know, it was the races were always on Saturdays. There was virtually no races on Sundays. Yeah. You know, Sundays were was uh, was predominantly a long run day. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it was just part of everyday routine. You know, something to do over the weekend. How would you compare the modern athletes of this period now? I don't know. They seem very much pampered to the athletes of that. That golden era of the eighties, I say, seventies, eighties. Well, uh, I mean, it the seventies and eighties, as I said before, we done it for love and love and glory. Yeah. Uh, you know, we went. It wasn't about getting a paycheck. You know, now it's you've got to stay healthy because they're they're expected to perform. And they're working working for people so like you know it's it's a business now it's not it's not a sport yeah. so the the guys today are not are not not in the same league as we were you know it's it's business yeah uh, so they've got to they've got to be more selective uh, be more cautious I guess uh, this year I've been looking at you seeing lots and lots of records being broken and the trainers that they were in with the, the carbon plate, what are your thoughts on this technology? Uh, well, I mean, like, first of all, you know, it's pandemic year. How much testing has been getting done? Good point. What's yeah. best thing? Good point. Uh, second, you know, my personal feeling with the, uh, with the, the, the new te- plate technology, they've turned the shoe from 
a shoe into a machine. You know, you put a, a, a device inside of the machine that's going to trigger a faster response and make, make you run faster. So is it you or is it the, uh, the piece of metal in the uh, shoe that's, that's giving you it? What's, what's next is, well, why, why not just give you a pair of rollerblades? You <laughs> know? Uh, Respect that opinion and tend to agree with it, to, to be quite honest. Um, you know, and, and it, but again, it's, it's greed and it's money. You know I mean? People, people want to go out and spend $250 or £250 on a pair of uh, shoes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not realistic anymore. Uh, you know, I, I remember my first pair of shoes. I was running in, in my, my soccer training shoes. You know, my, yeah. my indoor shoes, indoor soccer shoes. Yeah. Uh, I went for a vacation in America in 76. And I went into, uh, I think it was Kmart, and bought yeah. a pair of sneakers there. Yeah. Or a pair of trainers in, in, in Kmart for about $10. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean... It's what you could afford. Yeah. I mean, if I, I was today, I couldn't afford to go out and spend two hundred. As a runner, I couldn't afford to go out and spend two hundred and fifty dollars to, to for a pair of shoes. I mean, I read something uh, on 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 one of the Facebook posts that I'm I'm inundated with, and uh, should I get uh this laser shoe was it? I don't know. Nike's laser yeah. shoe, whatever yeah, it's right, called. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the, one of the responses, well, if you want to run with the big boys, you've got to do it. Yeah. You've got no choice, and that's that's what it comes down to. I mean, like you know, uh, uh, but is is it reality? Are they kidding themselves? I think they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you've got something that's making you run faster, that's not you that's making you run faster. It's the piece of, it's 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 the technology you've got inside you. How would you like to manage that? Perhaps, I don't know. The the governing body could maybe say, "Listen, there's a set standard. Strip it all back to basics." Um, uh, the, the 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 governing bodies don't govern anymore. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Look at the British. British. Yeah. Well, uh, there, was a, there, there's no governance anymore. Yeah. It's all about money. How much can we make? They're all. They're all. They're all everybody's concerned about their salary, and yeah. that's what it comes down to. How much am I going to get paid? Yeah. Uh, well, there was a thing this week with uh, Sebco came out and stood on on behalf of Parkrun and said, you know, get it back and things like that. Mm. But then there's stuff like um, the European Under Twenty Three Champs has been. Either either cancelled unless someone another country takes it up to do it, and there's calls for you know the UK to, to take it on and do it at Gateshead or something like that. But no one from UK Athletics or anything is is saying you know yeah that's not responding to the not responding to request. It. You know we're getting races on. We've got stadiums and arenas and stuff like that now full full of people for concerts and things are starting to to refill and do all that. But you know for athletics in the country, it's still missing out quite a bit and stuff and. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the, as I say, the 10,000 trials is going to be, in, I think, two weeks' time in, in Birmingham, but that's still currently set as no spectators for it. And, you know, Which is it's ridiculous. Just... I mean, like, you've got 10,000 people going into Anfield today. Yeah. Uh, you know, that yeah. says it all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can go go through town and there's millions of people downtown now. Yeah, and, and to be fair, they probably sell out the... 
the stadium if they if they if they had um, spectators at Birmingham because it's got Mo Farah um, and Mark Scott oh. racing there. Oh, they um, must be doing delayed. the trials. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, he hasn't actually got a qualifying time for the Olympics because um, oh. it's out of date. From the last time he ran the ten thousand meters, isn't in the window. So if he wants to go, which is what he said, he, he doesn't want to do the marathon there. He wants to do the the track and the ten k. He's got to go. But I can't see him going to the Olympics to do the ten thousand because, I mean, at the current point, if Czechs are guys there from Uganda, he's there's a, it's a different world than it was in twenty. 17 and 2016 when Mo was on the track now the 10 the 10,000 and the 5,000 they've, they've moved on since Mo and they're not going to let him have his way of running tactical they'll, they'll just take it and, and go with the, the likes of chapter guy when he's breaking Bikili's world record the other year and things like that <laughs> well we've got a wonderful uh, beer we, we don't sponsor anybody on our show but we, are, we don't get sponsored um, we're just having a, a taste of Ting Tao Ting Tao I believe you raced in Beijing, Jeff. What were you, what were you doing in Beijing? I was. Uh, it was more a vacation than a, a race. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't. I wanted to take a, a break from racing, but I got the opportunity to go, and I said, "Why not?" Uh, five days, three days in Beijing, four days in Beijing. So, I got to go there. I ran two ten. Uh, got to go to the Great Wall. Uh, went through the Imperial Palace, the Summer Palace. Uh, it was it was it was it was fun. Of all the places in the world you've raced in, you know I don't know the the most beautiful place that you've raced in, perhaps or you. you... Uh, I mean, I've raced. I've raced in. Uh, A lot of nice cities in the United States. Uh, I love Bermuda. I think that's most probably my favorite place, running Bermuda. Bermuda, yeah. And you know, I've re- I've been to Hawaii, raced in Hawaii like that. But you know, if you ask me location, I would say Bermuda. I love Bermuda. Yeah. And then, well, this question that obviously having seen both the the UK way of running things from both obviously back in the 80s and things like that to now um, and obviously the US side from the collegiate system and into sort of the pro um, teams, pro groups that are out there um, I know I, I follow a lot of the, the NAZ um, hooker team out in, in, in Arizona um, and I followed their training for, for my marathon and, and things like that um, you know, what, how do you see that, you know, do you think that sort of set up of those pro teams in the US is a, is a is currently developing a better because I, I would say there's probably more uh, marathon runners at least if we're, if we're looking at the marathon in the US now getting under that 210 sort of barrier and pushing on and starting to get into a position where they can challenge some of that you know, or at least get in the mix with the African dominance than maybe over here in the UK even though we are st- starting to see a little bit of a, an increase in the times and stuff but obviously as we said you know your time is still you know um, right up there seventh all time um, Obviously, number one in the in the sort of the northwest and things like that still. So, I I think that it's it's sort of coming back. I mean, like in the eighties, the U.S. Uh, and the shoe companies had their own teams. Yeah. You know, you either ran for New Balance, you ran for Nike, you ran for Saucony, you ran for Brooks. Yeah. 
uh, you ran for Reebok. I mean, there was a, a huge, yeah. uh, and it, it come down to payments because yeah. you know each each shoe company was trying to recruit yeah. the top guys, and so each each shoe company had a whole load of uh, runners yeah. that would be wearing their product and they would be taking them to different races yeah. like you know you'd, they'd, you'd go to uh, Cascade runoff you'd go to uh, Boston uh, you'd go to New York each of the shoe companies had their own teams yeah. uh, you go to Bermuda and the, the field would be loaded with 20, 30 guys yeah. from from the shoe companies. That that sort of died out. Yeah. But with these pro teams now, you know, you've got the Hoka team, yeah. uh, you've got a Reebok team, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and I know that my friend Lee Troop is putting together a brilliant team in uh, Boulder. Right. Uh, then you've got the Nike team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, it's it's slowly building back up again, Uh, and unfortunately, you know, the club system here is suffering, yeah, uh, like it's never suffered before because of lack of direction and lack lack of uh, foresight by the powers that be. I mean, they keep hiring people that have no. No right to be in the sport, yeah. or 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 the people that they have got there are not interested in the sport. They're interested in in their own bottom yeah. line. I mean, you know, I I have a major concern with you know all the clubs sending all this money to you know the to to yeah, the English, athletics, English yeah, athletics. When you know my, my my question would be, well, what are you giving me in return? Yeah, you know, wouldn't that that ten dollars per runner? Be better off staying in the club yeah. and supporting the club athletes. Yeah. I mean, what do they do? I mean, like yeah, two, you can you, put, you get two you, pa- you get two pound off your race entry uh, for a race day. Well, <laughs> well, that, but as a race director, yeah. I, I have a hard problem giving. Yeah, well, you're giving give, why, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm busting my butt. Why, why, why should I be giving two pound a runner to yeah. to whatever yeah. you know to to, to the. Uh, power to be it's it doesn't make sense yeah. it's not it unless you're getting something in return and these guys are not giving anything in return at the moment yeah. uh and you know i i see a lot of buzz on on facebook about different people i mean it's it, it needs to be going out to like an election yeah elect the people that you want yeah. and have the rank and file yeah. Do it like a general election, you know, instead of some idiots, some some government body appointing somebody that has no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Well said, Jeff. In terms of diet and sleep, two things which are really important. You're in your prime, your career. Any any thoughts on diet and, and how was your sleep pattern? Well, Eddie Eddie Soames put it perfectly. You need to eat, sleep, and run. Yeah. Uh, don't stand if you can sit. Don't sit if you can lay down. 
uh, and go out and work hard. Uh, me personally, I love to eat. I love to drink. Uh, and there's a time and place. If I'm get, at, back in the day, if I was getting ready for a big race, it was just eat. Mm. You know, and you know, uh, your your life and what you do depends on where you are in the training cycle. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're training hard, you haven't got time yeah. to be uh, going out enjoying life you know as a fireman you know i work 56 hours a week as a fireman uh and you know if i had a rough night on the fire station i had to come home and get some sleep yeah uh but you know what did i eat did i have any special diet i ate what i what i wanted to eat i mean i had no special diet uh you know it was potatoes vegetables meat you know chicken yeah. fish steak lamb pork you know whatever my mum put on the table in front yeah. of me uh and you know I, I the hardest problem you know when i went to america you know everybody wanted a pasta dinner yeah guess what my body wasn't ready for pasta yeah you know you you put something that's foreign into the system the night before a race and you don't know what you're going to get on the, yeah. on, on the, on the deadline you know, the next day. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, my, my, my feeling is, you know, if you don't change anything, you know, if you're getting ready to run, eat what you normally eat. Yeah. You know, if you're getting ready to run a marathon, don't change what you do. I mean, like, you know, just because you're running a marathon doesn't mean to say you, you have to have to eat something special or different. Yeah. You know, you, you go out every Sunday and run a long run. What do you do the night before? You don't have a special meal. You, you just carry on. So yeah. do do what you normally do. Don't change it. Yeah. That would, you know, that's what I've always believed in. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Um, I suppose bringing it to, to a bit of a close now, um, one sort of final question. Again, having been on both sides of, the UK and, and, and in the US um, and, and I suppose from an era thing as well um, the confidence you're always known for being a confident runner um, I remember what I, I watched a clip this morning actually of you being interviewed after after 84 in Boston and, and they asked you um, you know um, yeah, exactly. would you beat um, um, Deke and uh, you said no Deke's got to beat, beat you yeah um, so but, you know when I look at um, British running culture now especially in comparison to American culture now and obviously British culture of, of, of the 80s and things like that and runners like yourself and, and, and Ron Hill and, and so on um, there's very much a I don't like a, a bit of fear a, a lack of confidence to seem to really go out there there's a couple runners coming out the likes of Jake Smith um, is, is, is clearly one of those ones who who's, has no fear of anything um, but uh, you know a lot of the time and even from the coach's perspective you know you see an athlete running um you know putting times out or talking at the time that they want to run and, and there's a bit of like oh you know is that really achievable or you know and, and things like that and you know what's your your thoughts on that how how is where does that you know where's the, the divide there and uh, you know I, I i look you know i i look at uh john tracy steve jones rob de costello 
Rob Dixon, uh, Charlie Spedding. And, you know, you talk with them, you go out for a beer with them, and there's no, there's no, uh, kidding around. There's no, there's no, uh, false pretenses. You see the confidence. It's in, it's in them. Yeah. The way they act, what they talk about, how they speak. Uh, and, you know, if you haven't got it, you can't beat them. Yeah. You've got to you've got to be as confident as as everybody else. So like you know, I think it was ingrained into us. Yeah. You know, uh, you've got to be ready, and and the confidence comes from how how hard we trained. Yeah. I mean, the harder you train, you know, there was nothing when you when we stand on the line, we're not gonna we're not gonna be experiencing anything we haven't done in training. Yeah. We've all ran as hard as we can. And pushed it to the limit in training. If you can't do it in training, you can't do it in racing. Yeah. You know, there's no point in thinking, you know, if I go out and run 10 minute mile pace, I'm going to be good at running a eight minute mile pace because yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, I mean, you you only can go as fast as you you train. Yeah. So if you know if you train at six minute mile pace and you don't touch that. Uh, little bit faster yeah. spark you know it's not going to happen yeah so like you know our confidence came from how hard we trained yeah and you know i guess we all love pain yeah and the more pain you like the more pain you can experience the more confidence you're going to have yeah you've you've taught you were stop broker for 10 years you've gone into teaching you, you've worked on races, organized races. Um, I don't know exactly what you're working on at the moment. What do you see in the future, Jeff? Uh, well, I'm 67. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I want to enjoy. I want to enjoy myself. I yeah. want to enjoy running. Uh, and you know, I don't know. Just. I enjoy what I'm doing. I don't. Are you happy to advise people who ask? I mean, like I, 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 I'll always if somebody usually I, people message me and ask me questions, and I, I always have the time to. Uh, I've got your number now, Jeff. So every <laughs> every every weekend. I mean, like you know, <laughs> I, I, I got I got a, I got an email. I got an email from from someone. Oh, about seven or eight years ago, nine years ago, maybe. And you can ask him. What yeah. he asked me, Johnny. Johnny. Johnny Meller. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know this was, what 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 does he have to do to be good? And yeah. I told him I spent a long I, I I sent him a nice long email. What did you tell him, Jeff? You can run fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you don't run fast, you can't win races. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I I I'll respond. I mean, like you know, yeah. I have a, a lady emailed me a couple of weeks ago. She wanted to uh, run a, 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 a. She was running a marathon last weekend, yeah. and she'd been a little bit hurt. Her training program was specifying that she needed to do two more twenty mile runs in the last four weeks, and I said, "Well, that doesn't sound smart." 
I said, you know, if you want to, you know, if you really need to run 20 miles, do it tomorrow and stop, stop cutting it back yeah. for your marathon. So like, you know, I, simple, simple answers, you know, it doesn't take, take long. Yeah. You know, you gotta remember this isn't, this isn't a rocket science. It's running. <laughs> it does seem like that sometimes, isn't it? When you, oh, I mean, like, you know, everybody's yeah. got a, a, an idea and, you know, everybody's writing a book about coaching yeah. that, and they're all coming up with their, with their ideas. But the ideas are already out there. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't reinvent the wheel. Somebody's already invented it. People have been running for a long time. You know, and when what, you told Johnny about run fat, you're talking about speed sessions, aren't you? Yeah. Speed sessions. Speed. You know. And how many in a week could you, could you, couldn't the body manage? Depends on. It depends on your age. You know, mm. could I manage one a week now? Not a chance in the world. One a year. <laughs> one a year. No, but uh, no. I mean, I, everything we I, and and speed comes. It's like if you. It's all relative. You know, for me to go out and run. Six minute pace. Isn't speed? That's a jog. Or it was a jog. Yeah. You know, I mean, I could run, and and all of all of the guys from my era, we we very rarely ran slower than six minute pace. Yeah. I mean, faster. It's not slower. Yeah. So like you know, we we were all running like in the five fifties. Yeah. For our easy runs. So like you know, for us to go out and do a, a hard session, it wouldn't be wouldn't be unrealistic to for us to run 450s 440s 430s even on your long Sunday run you're looking at six minute mile pace or better yeah yeah yeah. that's impressive uh, you know I told you I'd I'd run 20 miles and and I'd I'd do it in like easy 140 Uh, but that was a good session yeah you know, it's no, uh, no holes barred. Yeah. Uh, you know, an easy run would be running 55s. So one, one fi- is that 150? Yeah, 150 yeah. would be an easy run for a 20 mile. Now you, now you don't go away empty handed here today, Jeff. You're a big Everton fan. So we've got you a signed copy by the Alan Ball. An Everton legend. Oh, Superman. And a fine bottle of Malbec. Because oh. we know you like Malbec. Yes. Red wine. Uh, ready now to you, you ready to share it. <laughs> well, you mentioned um, to me in, in, in private that you, you wouldn't be a prolific reader, but you do read any any books that you maybe recommend or um, related to running, perhaps, or... Uh, you know what? I, and have you got one in the pipeline? You know what? Everybody keeps telling me to write a book. Yeah. And why not? One of these days. Yeah. And that's what—that's my, my 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 answer all the time. Yeah. One of these days, <laughs> you know, one of these days before I die, you know, as my dad would say, you got to be around. You got to have done a few things before you can write a yeah. book. <laughs> and everybody seems to be uh, writing a book. And you've only been out there a couple of minutes. Yeah. I'd like a signed copy of yours, sir. All right, when I write it. 
I watched the the Chariots of Fire the other day. That's. Um, Do you see Mike Doolin on it? Mike Doolin's not in yeah, that. Yes, he? he is. Is he in the film? Yeah. Really? Yeah. He was one of the extras, I believe. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah, why the, the American yeah. scene is filmed at Ruskin. I heard that in the American scene. I thought it was Cowley School locally. Yeah. No. Ruskin, yeah. Oh, I mean, like, you know, you're running along uh, Ainsdale Beach. Yeah. And, and the stadium was over in, in uh, the Wirral. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the Oval. oval. Yeah. That was, couldn't you remember the name Oval? Yeah. Amazing. Um, and you've recommended, a, I don't know, there's not there's not that many films like that, is there? There could be more, perhaps. Um, nah. I would recommend the uh, the Boston Marathon one, but I'm not really a... Boston yeah. Marathon... Yeah. The Patriots Day one? No, the one, the, the, one. the history one by, uh, oh, right. but I wasn't too happy with, 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 with how it came out after I spent time helping right. them. Right, right. Yeah. Sort of black-eyed me. <laughs> 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 Says I was sem- sem- mediocre. <laughs> right. How do you work that I'm mediocre? <laughs> two times better. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've learned a great deal from listening to you today. Jeff and, and um, Matthew, oh, yeah. um, we wish you every success in the future and we're, we hope uh, you can take us with you to America because we're sick of this town. <laughs> ah, no, this is the best time. <laughs> That's why I'm here now. You know, I'm spent, I've been gone for 40 years and you know it, it, it's, it's like I've never been away. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been gone 40 years, but I've come home every year and every year for 40 years. So it's, I haven't, I've never left Liverpool, yeah. even though I've been gone for 40 years, 41 years. And, you know, there's nothing better than Liverpool. Yeah.